0: Strategic Homeland Intervention
1: Enforcement and Logistics Division. Welcome to Level 7. And welcome everyone to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hiya, Pete. Hey, Matt. How are you? Doing fantastic. Pete, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returns to the air on April 1st to start airing the last consecutive uh, episodes of season one but today we have a podcast in two acts later on we'll join a round table of shield podcasters but first let's talk agents of shield at paley fest first pete what is paley fest
0: well matt paley fest named for william s paley is a television festival that was created in the mid 80s uh william s paley uh He was known for creating a little-known network named CBS. Um, And Ah. he then took upon the mission with locations in New York and Los Angeles to really lead the discussion about the cultural uh, and social significance of television, radio, and other emerging platforms uh, and the media-interested public. So it's really become a place at given times in the year where fans can interact in uh, panel discussions with the stars and creators of their favorite works.
1: Pete, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel at uh, PaleyFest was held this past March 23rd. It was moderated by Felicia Day. The whole cast was there. Uh, Marissa Tancheron, Jed Whedon, and Jeffrey Bell, all executive producers were there, as well as, of course, the one and the only Jeff Loeb. Pete, in our first clip, we hear from Jeff Loeb as he talks about Clark Gregg's place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
2: No, I, Clark Gregg, uh, so first embodied uh, and continues to embody uh, what makes the Marvel Universe special in that it is a place that is grounded. It is in reality. Um, we don't come from another planet, although some of us do. Uh, and, uh, and what... Clark brought to Agent Coulson was a humanity that these gigantic feature films uh, not only needed, uh, they were elevated by. Uh, And his performance was something that I think there isn't anybody in this room and anybody that's on the stage that did not fall in love with it. True words, aren't they, Pete?
0: They are indeed. And, um, you know, he's been referred to as the glue. Uh, I'm going to call him the class because all Clark Gregg did during this, I mean, what were we talking there? Maybe 75 minute um, panel, um, you know, was exhibit what a genuine, funny, smart and kind individual he is. And I think that is the biggest thing behind his success. He's a guy you root for. He's a guy you want to be around. And gosh darn it, he's talented.
1: Yeah, I mean, he got up out of his seat twice to go into the audience. Once to uh, collect some knickknacks that a woman had made. It was like felt art. It wasn't particularly my cup of tea, but he just jumped there and said, sure, I'll take the bag. We'll hand these out later. Uh, Then there was another woman who kind of was expressing her love for uh for the show and he you know went down and gave her a hug and whatnot and really uh both touching moments where i think some of the other actors were like you know hey i'm gonna i'm gonna stay on this uh, on the stage you're gonna stay in the audience and he he wasn't afraid to to break that line so pete with that we'll move on to the next clip this is where felicia day asked about the character origins
3: and jenna marissa how did you conceive of the characters that were going to go on this airbus how did, how, did, you just wake up one morning and was like, they, two yeah, adorable they, <laughs> <laughs> they looked in the mirror? <laughs> yeah.
4: well, we maybe, are Maybe
5: four Fitzsimmons, yeah. yeah. We um, just looked at each
4: other and went, we know what this is, right?
5: Yeah.
4: And we us. never talked about it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's us with accents. Yeah. And um, really smart.
4: In our first sit down with Joss, we sort of, it was only about an hour and a half, I'd say, before we had a general map of who all the We had a general map were. out
5: of, of, of V6. or at least the five who surround Coulson. And um, just as far as how things have changed, uh, originally Agent May was Agent Rice, and then we cast Ming-Na Wen. (laughs) And I was like, maybe not so much with the Agent Rice anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Or we could have just leaned into all that and made it like the running joke. It could have been just
4: a nickname. It would have been great, I thought,
5: yeah.
3: (laughs) So for the ca- when when you when you went through the casting process and each one of these actors entered the room, like was it instant? what, I mean how- all but one of them. <laughs>
5: but, oh, yes,
4: with- <laughs> one of them we didn't want, not want them on the show. <laughs> not gonna say who it was, but you know. They might not. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Every-
5: <laughs> oh, who do you, what did you quit um, She she believes us every time. <laughs> Um, well, as far as Fitzsimmons go, um, they were sort of based on uh, Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn and Ocean's Eleven. You right. Yeah, we wanted more, you know, the pair of friends who've grown up together and, you know, bicker all the time. And, but there's a pure love, bro love there. And then before we knew it, um, Miss Henstridge came in and uh, sort of... Stole it away. We
4: both kind of took the part. We they both kinda of came in and said, I'll have this, thank you very much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we didn't there wasn't much discussion amongst all of us once we saw both of them play it. And that's actually true of everybody. We we uh, every person when they came in for their initial read, we went, Ooh, that might that might definitely be the person. Except for the one. Except for the one. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, and then we, we, we really didn't... There was no arguing amongst us in Not terms of the cast. We really... And, and
5: we scoured the globe. I mean, we looked everywhere and, uh, and looked at everyone. And still didn't find that
3: one.
1: <laughs> um. Pete, who is The One?
0: The One is uh, Chloe Bennett, our uh, 084 for uh, Sky. And... Um, Marissa Tancheron and uh, Jed Whedon apparently really like giving her a hard time and <laughs> she really likes laughing at the same thing. I mean, let's understand, too, like this is a pseudo rehearsed uh, skit, if you will. This is part of the witty banter. OK, Matt, you're going to say this and I'm going <laughs> to <and> you're going <laughs> to. And we get it, um, you know, the as far as the agent rice thing it was cute i do remember a little bit of that and i i remember them having to change the character when uh they did cast ming na wen so it was nice to kind of hear that um i don't really see the casey uh affleck uh scott con thing but if you say so
1: okay i found wait it... seriously like like they're kind of goofballs in in the oceans movies yeah but make them brilliant people you know make them kind of you know techie people and that dynamic i think is completely there where it's seeing finish each other's sentences and kind of be able to argue back and forth but not not mean it one bit
0: i i guess i i just think it's it's topical yet not enough if that makes sense um I thought it was a, a, a truer response and a, a more realistic answer that it was essentially them, that they looked in the mirror, and that's what they came with first. So I got a little bit more out of that as far as insight. Um, I mean, it is what it is when it when it comes down to that. But, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about the ensemble of, you know, uh, an hour-long action show in its first year. They're still really grinding through Uh, roles and archetype, Um, but they clearly had an idea of what they wanted to surround Coulson with. And, you know, it, it continues to evolve. We still don't know what sky is. Uh, we still don't know, uh, largely what, um, uh, Ming-Na Wen's uh, backstory, Melinda May's backstory is. So, you know, we're we're continuing to fill that in, and that shouldn't be known right away. But it was nice to see them talk about the origin of that from a writing perspective. I thought it was cool, too, that they did have their other writers there, most of them um, off to the side in a uh, box in what <laughs> Jeff uh, Loeb referred to as a uh, a John Wilkes booth. <laughs>
1: But yeah, it was nice that they had what appeared to be the whole writing staff, uh, because when you add Mercer Tancheron and uh, Jeffrey Bell and uh, Jed Whedon, I think the staff is about six or eight. That's the impression I've gotten. So that to have those other people who, I mean, not for nothing, I didn't, I didn't need the writers on stage when we can hear some, you know, delightful story about you know what Brett Dalton thinks about so and such, you know. Um, but it was nice that they were there. It's nice that they had their own kind of special special area to to view things and whatnot. So. You know, uh, nice to, for the writers to be getting a little tip of the hat. Always. So now, Pete, you mentioned uh, Agent May and her backstory. And uh, in this next clip, ming talks about her hopes and dreams for May's backstory.
5: I want, I want you know, I want um, Sky to be the love child of May and Thor. <laughs> to those scenes right. <laughs> right. You know?
1: oh. Pete it seems that uh, she has some real specific desires for her character
0: she does and, and that's great you know Ming-Na Wen is an actress who's you know been around Hollywood uh, really as a character staple now getting a chance to uh, shine as an action star Uh, the voice of Mulan and you know what if they want to tuck her into uh, one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, movies at some point as the question was originally posed that uh, you know yielded that response I don't think anybody would really bat an eye Uh, I think it's cute too okay she's got a crush on Chris Hemsworth who just had uh, twins with his lovely wife and All right. She she wants to make kissy kissy in front of the (laughs) white hot uh, lights. I I get it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Pete, I have uh, I have no way to follow up Um, in this next clip. The 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 bewitching Felicia Day asks Brett Dalton. That's Ward to uh, all of you about the evolution of his character.
3: Do you see the evolution of your character changing in the future as well?
0: Um, uh, I, I do, I do. I, I, I think that it has um, it has changed. Obviously, when he started, he was not uh, exactly a team player; he's kind of a, a lone wolf. And, um, and
2: as we can see, um, as he's as he's gone on, he's he's learned to play with play with the team. <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: I think yep. it, it is, turns
6: yeah, out. So, it turns out Agent Ward is the group. not so much a lone wolf anymore.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: Well, Pete, I've heard that clip a number of times, and uh, it's the first time I've heard Clark Gregg say, uh, Agent Ward is the glue.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, You know, oh Brett, Brett Dalton, uh, at I'm Brett Dalton on Twitter, uh, for those of us on there, is very well known for the puns. And nice to see that in a spoken format, uh, he will let those fly uh just as much. So that was that was nice. Um their chemistry seems to be very good. And again, you know, we're not going to see the cracks in any kind of uh, you know, situation on stage in a, you know, yuck yuck uh deal like this is, but it it was it was nice. It was genuine again and um they seem to really like not just performing uh, with one another, but being around one another. And I think that's important. And I think that comes across both here and in the product they produce.
1: Absolutely. And it harkens back to something that Clark Gregg had told us in our exclusive interview where, you know, he said they enjoy spending time together and he kind of referenced, you know, you can be on some jobs where people are, people are nasty or people are crazy and how they just love going to agents of shield press stuff just so they can hang out, um, and you really did, uh, did sense that here. Pete, for this next clip, uh, we stick with Brett Dalton, who talks about the show's near future. I, I, I can't wait for everybody to see our show, and then Captain America, and yeah. then watch our show again. Yeah. Because uh,
7: some
8: really interesting things are going to happen.
1: Pete, that was a theme that was repeated a couple of times. What do you make of, uh, I mean, my goodness, what will happen next Tuesday, the following Thursday, and then the Tuesday after that? Well, this is really Uh, Tuesday, Friday, Tuesday, (laughs) as (laughs) they had trouble keeping track of the dates while they were there. So that's not my fault.
0: (laughs) Felicia Day uh, thought it was Saturday. Um, Jeff Loeb had uh, the wrong day, April 8th, for their uh, return uh, at one point, Um, you know, being another day he was thrown out there. Um, This is really step two in the grand plan as far as (laughs) intermingling this Marvel Cinematic Universe with the televised one. And, you know, when they did the Thor tie in, okay, you had the Thor movie and then it was two weeks later, we had an episode that was tangentially related. Um, It's no secret. And actually, as we speak, people have already seen uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. It opens in uh, Britain. Um, wide in the next couple days. We get it late. Uh, why, with the titular character, we got to get it a little bit later, <laughs> I, I guess. But um, these events in the film are going to have wide and lasting repercussions on the remaining seven, I'm sorry, six episodes, because we're getting the first of seven next week on April 1st, on April Fool's Day, which is not a joke that was actually screened before this panel and uh, the viewers were sworn to secrecy before they had their level uh, seven access redacted. Um, But yes, game on, bring it. um, You know, you can definitely sense their excitement to get tied in, in a more intimate way to this larger world.
1: Pete, we know what it's like having level seven access, having seen an episode early at New York Comic Con, and uh, let's not forget you have interviewed so many people in, in your life with your 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 life as a journalist. However, I between you and I, I am the only one who has spoken uh, with Ian DeKaycaster, who of course plays Fitz. So I actually got there, I got to the conversation at least with with Ian back in New York Comic Con before. Uh, Felicia Day was able to talk to him at this panel. But talk to him, she did. You know, Susie come lately. uh, She asked Ian about Fitz. And then Elizabeth Henstridge uh, joins in uh, later in the clip.
3: Uh, And he seems to be pushing more and more to be a field operative. Is that the direction do you think Fitz wants to go?
4: I think so, yeah. I think it's it's the same with Sevens. I think they've probably led quite a sheltered life through their career so far. So when they joined the team, there was definitely... Them going out in the field was a very scary thing for them. So every time they've kind of gone out there and they've and they've got through the day or through the mission, you know they've, they've they've come a very long way, I think.
3: And what about your relationship with um, Simmons? Because she seems to have a love interest a little bit with Triple. Am I just reading into that, Agent no. Triplet? What what's going on with that? <laughs> I because know. I like that scene. <laughs> 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 I didn't mind it either. <laughs> uh. Um, the, the chemistry between you guys is more friend or do you think there's a, a possibility? Um, I think guys... so. We've,
4: we've talked about it a lot. I think... <laughs> I, not in that way. <laughs> just, in the, <laughs> just, just in the sense that, I don't know, it feels like they're more brother and sister, maybe. Than...
3: Yeah, yeah, that's how we're playing it. Which ruined. is going to be
4: kind of weird if they end up have <laughs> yeah. um
3: I don't know. Weird yeah. things happen in the UK that wouldn't be nothing, nothing <laughs> that weird. We we have
5: Arkansas
1: so. pete there was there was one gem after another. I'm like, I don't know where to end the clip. Okay, we'll end with Arkansas. So Pete, your thoughts on uh, Fitzsimmons brother and sister?
0: Well, I was gonna say you should always end in Arkansas, but that aside. <laughs> um you know, they're delightful. We've seen them up close. uh we had them at the panel at uh New York comic Con and uh you know. Other than the disappointment here that nobody uh, brought up the Fitz monkey and, uh, you know, furthered the traction for that uh, brave and helpful monkey that Fitz needs to get. Um, I was a little surprised that um, uh, Elizabeth Hensridge got so little uh, time and really not posed much as far as questions in this. So it was it was good to get her there interacting with the actor that she spends the most time with on screen. That being said, uh, you know, we gotta get uh Andy Cakester on Twitter like actively. He's on there, but he doesn't tweet, and as Clark Gregg told us, he is petrified. Of the social media, I don't know whether that's a reflection—like he's afraid he's going to say the wrong thing, or or what—but you know, he's a sharp guy. Uh, his comedic talent is clearly evident, and um, you know, we need to see more of him. He is a secondary character at this point, um, you know, but nice to give him some uh, time to shine within this larger panel here.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, I I mean, my goodness, Clark Gregg has demonstrated how how, you know, you can spread so much goodwill uh, on Twitter, just taking taking whatever time you can to interact with what fans that you can. So hopefully for season two, that's the that's the big season two edition. Forget, you know, adding Kobe Smolders. forget adding Bill Paxson, forget adding BJ Britt as uh, as Agent Triplet. Let's just get in on Twitter, man. Now, Pete, the topic uh, at this panel, the kind of kept not going away was the whole relationship of this uh, this series this portion of episodes to Captain America 2 and uh, Felicia Day wowed Jeff Loeb by asking more about Captain America 2 and its effect on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So
3: so Captain America are there going to be any tie-ins that directly uh, affect the show
2: Uh, you're really asking the question. Am Uh, I not supposed to? I mean, look, this is the best way that we can tell this. What an interesting idea. Uh... This is the Marvel Universe. We started out in the Marvel Universe. Uh, We would not have a show unless uh, Agent Coulson was the the gift that was given to us through Marvel's The Avengers. (laughs) Uh, It it makes sense. you know, I, we had Jamie Alexander, Lady Sif came on the show. She, uh, we had an episode after Thor the Dark World where uh, they were cleaning up in London after what happened in that movie. Um, so it would certainly not surprise anyone, uh, if things that happened, uh, on, uh, that movie that you were mentioning uh were to suddenly <laughs> happen in the show that we're talking about yeah wow that was good how about, how clear was that
1: <laughs> so Loeb being uh cagey as usual pete your thoughts
0: i mean we're not surprised here we've seen this way in advance uh that this was coming obviously he's gotta you know take the question and kind of be vague at the same time um There were some questions, Matt, later on about a renewal. And, you know, we're confident on this podcast, the cast would seem outwardly confident that they're coming back. Um, Are their numbers as good as they were at the beginning of the season? They're not. It is still ABC's top scripted new hour long show this year. Uh, that bodes very well in their favor, as does being a part of the biggest franchise in film currently on screen. Um, but I'm going to throw out a theory here for a second. and Theorize away, Pete. Yeah, they, they were kind of vague, if not mum, when the question was posed, when would you hear about a renewal? And uh, the Whedon's... Fielded that one rather quickly and then uh, Loeb and uh, Bell really kind of waded into that one with uh, Not a more veteran response, but I, I think more of a measured, you know Hollywood type of response Let's try this one on for size. What if Matt the events of Captain America the Winter Soldier are so Repercussive throughout S.H.I.E.L.D., what if it is the end of S.H.I.E.L.D.? What if this was really conceived as a one-season show? We've known of potential plans to give uh, Agent Peggy Carter at some point um, her own Marvel TV show bouncing off of uh, both her character in Captain America as well as the one-shot uh, they did that was in front of the um, Iron Man 3 disc uh, for home video. We know of the grand Marvel Netflix deal, uh, 200, 400 million dollars. Uh, it's somewhere in between there. When you get up in those amounts, it's it's
1: really <laughs> I, think, kind of, I think it's 200 million.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, to do uh, four 15 episode seasons there and then unite all Four of the defenders in a mini series. Um, we've worried about with kind of the Star Trekification, if I can use that here, of the Marvel Universe, that you don't want to oversaturate, as Star Trek sadly learned with two shows on for uh, the better part of, you know, 10 to 12 years there from the 90s until um, a little. Uh, early into the 2000s um, although my math's off a
1: little just, bit on it, there yeah just seven years it yeah. would have been the run of deep space nine was on with either next generation or boom
0: but a lot of content okay oh, yeah. um so i gotta wonder is that possibly the deal is this a limited type of thing and they're just not telling us I don't think it is. I'm just throwing the theory out, okay, because I like to do that. The other thing I'm going to spitball is, you know, they were asked specifically about the bus and later, um, you know, talked about that being central in the creation. Well, if S.H.I.E.L.D. does really collapse or bite the dust or whatever, as there are very clearly repercussions you can tell from helicarriers falling from the sky in the promotional material for um, Captain America, um, then maybe it's a rogue situation, uh, in the remaining episodes after the events of the movie or even next season.
1: That would be bold. I think it would probably tick off a lot of people that said, and I'm not, I'm not a fan of the show. I'm about to mention in parks. I don't like, I don't like scary things, but, uh, you know, to the, to the extreme credit of American horror story they knew the entire time that the first season was going to end and that was it for that story they knew that it was going to essentially be an anthology miniseries uh show but they didn't tell you at all it's just like hey this guy and connie Britton is in it oh no, that's cool and then just i mean i assume you know <laughs> i assume things don't go well for most of the cast in the first one since none of them are back you know some of the actors return but in different roles so i, I I disagree, Pete. I don't want it to be, but it's not like we don't have an example from f- the last couple of years of shows daring to be that bold. We asked for bold television. Um, is it going to come in the form here? I don't know. I hope not, but but it's a, it's a provocative theory that you're offering.
0: I know what I want, and I know what I think will happen, and they're the same, that this will be picked up and that it'll continue as its own entity that it is. We will continue to get into tertiary type of characters with the occasional, you know, cameo and thing like that. And, and I'm fine with that. That's what I signed up for with that. But you know, it, it, it was rattling around in my head and I thought, you know what, let me voice this and let me see, you know, what kind of traction or, you know, how it might play out.
1: Well, Pete, if, you know, if there is some sort of catastrophe that befalls S.H.I.E.L.D. as an organization, uh, there was an eagle-eyed fan at the uh, PaleyFest panel who, who noticed that, that you know, if, if uh, by the end of the season S.H.I.E.L.D. is no more or, or, or what S.H.I.E.L.D. is has drastically changed, um, then that could actually have some, some repercussions for, for some of the visuals on the show
0: so for senior society you guys have a lot of stuff
7: branded
9: with shield um exactly i mean the water bottles the the, the cars the, how far does it actually go i mean what has the art department
10: been doing
0: it goes seriously i mean how far does it go
10: <laughs> you don't want to know
4: i will
1: pete i'll just stop the clip for a second clearly this guy was the weird guy asking about Fitz's monkey uh that we had at New York Comic Con, but he's the <laughs> Paley fest version of that. So
0: I I would not uh um denigrate the asker of the Fitz Monkey <laughs> to that level. Was this the Colson is my homeboy uh
1: T shirt gentleman? Uh I believe yeah in fact I think that's what Clark Greg is just about to say. Yeah. So let's let's continue with the clip. Wait, so are we talking about the tattoos? Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Does your shirt say, "Colson is my homeboy? <laughs> yes. Well, then I think... Is that a... <laughs> I think, frankly, you've answered your own question, sir.
5: <laughs>
7: <laughs> the organization is not a secret. What we do
4: is... Ah, I will say, I will say that there is an espresso maker on the plane that has shoes <laughs> like is, there's the, tra- yeah.
7: in the trash can. Is- uh, and and, and Fitz can do you cans. a latte where the foam is the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo.
1: <laughs> so, Pete, do you drink your espresso out of a uh, Fantastic Geek branded uh, coffee machine?
0: I'm not an espresso guy, um, but I will take an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Tumblr uh, if they want to send me one. So just uh, email me or tweet at me and we'll we'll make that happen. Um but, you know, good stuff there. Uh, way to kinda, you know, it's it's nothing we haven't heard Clark Gregg say before. Um, you know, that what they do is secret, not so much them. Um yes, the logo and how many different variations of the logo are everywhere. We get it. Um it's a comic universe. I, way to kind of overanalyze it. You know, when you're wearing a Colson is your homeboy T-shirt and, you know, he's my homeboy, but I just wouldn't wear that T-shirt.
1: Pete, sometimes you're there, you're at the panel, you're like, I'm going to go ask a question. And then on your way up, you're like, great. Now, what do I say? And you just need something to cut through the chatter. So I, you know, was it a goofy question? Yeah. Been there, done that pete though this next question i thought uh was actually pretty i think the the asker came off as slightly ignorant but it i think that the the topic fits well into something that you and i discussed quite a bit which is kind of this nebulous nature of what does marvel studios uh, own in terms of movie rights we know you know it's not x-men it's not spider-man so on and so forth we've been down that road uh, a bunch before um but this this fan asked about mutants and kind of, which I think is sort of a gray area. Um, and and there was a very very clear response out of uh, Jeff Loeb uh, regarding mutants and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh,
5: is there any chance you're going to be introducing the idea of mutants in the show? I know you can't speak for the cinematic universe, but the show itself is there that idea?
2: There is. There's no proof at the moment that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe there are mutants.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All I can tell you. <laughs> so you hear kind of a sad audience there. I think the Pete that probably is a legally prudent position for the studio to take. That you know, there's there's so many characters with so many um I don't know similar abilities, and the minute that it starts to sound like you know it's Wolverine, are you going to have a lawsuit with you know 20th Century Fox when it's just easy enough to let them go make an X-Men movie? give marvel whatever the pre you know pre-agreed percentage is have your say as you know as kevin uh g in the x-men movie in the spider-man movie and just everybody be happy with the deal that there is and not fight over like having two quicksilvers which still strikes me as kind of strange if if uh fox and uh and uh, marvel studios were smart they would just be like sure we're gonna have the same quicksilver actor and we're just gonna let fans dream but um I'm sorry, Pete, I'm totally rambling here when it's your time to share your thoughts on uh, mutants in the MCU.
0: I mean, nothing new there, ostensibly. Um, You know, the the Quicksilver thing is uh, not galling, but it draws attention, especially now that, you know, we had the final X-Men Days of Future past trailer drop yesterday. And a day before that, we had the first pictures of actors on the set in italy for uh avengers age of ultron one of which was quicksilver um you know the other speaking of mutant powers was uh the scarlet witch so you know we get it um they kind of have to dance in this gray area that's where i mentioned before you're we're gonna get you know the these tertiary characters that couldn't hold down a film themselves and they're going to show up on the show. Um, you know, it would be nice to think that at some point we could see mutants. Uh, I don't even think they could get away with describing, um, you know, the mutants without using the names and and even having that clear, uh, you know, um, what's the department that, you know, rights and clearances or, or something like that standards and practices Stan- not standards and practices no oh yeah that would be it, yeah just
1: the, the legal people yeah i mean yeah.
0: and and that's okay that's fine there's enough to play with yeah um you know i i think that's an element sometimes of, of fandom like where we want to like really just jam in as much as possible let this be its own thing and and let this be you know, someplace where they can pop in the unexpected. Yes, there will be stuff for the movies. That's the beauty of this program. Um, But at the same time, you know, you're, you're getting another X-Men movie. Um, You know, I think way down the line, we could hope of some grand unification um, of the entire Marvel canon. Um, and and hope that that comes to pass. But in the meantime, what you got now is pretty good, so enjoy it.
1: Quite quite the optimistic spirit there, Pete. Pete, in our penultimate clip, a fan asked the cast, not the characters, he wanted (laughs) to stress, uh, what they would bring on a desert island. Um, Chloe Bennett had a kooky answer.
0: You're stranded on a desert island, and you bring one thing with you. What's that one thing? Besides Clark Gregg bringing Lola, obviously.
1: <laughs> Which I'll just pause the clip there for a second. He just got done stressing the cast, not the characters. The actors, real people, not the characters. Why would Clark Gregg bring a TV prop car? So the guy, the guy was a little over there. But yeah, it gets better. Don't worry.
5: That's interesting that you it's just said character? that. Or... No, it's no, you, you, no, you, you the no, actor, as you. you.
7: Oh. I think.
5: <laughs> I'd bring Bye. Brett Dalton's abs. Yeah. <laughs> not him, just his abs.
1: <laughs> is that you could wash your clothes oh,
5: on then the No, I could wash abs? my clothes on that wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we give them
1: dialogue. <laughs> so, Pete, are these, are these actors who, it appeared, could not think on their feet to give a wacky answer to a you know a wacky question Uh, are they better off getting dialogue from professional writers oh
0: undoubtedly (laughs) um really kind of gross to think about brett dalton's you know disembodied abs being brought like would they be in a ziploc bag um you know would they be like some kind of uh you know chest piece uh, you know, would it, would it be, you know, like when you bought, um, a costume and it had the padded portion you would wear for a, for a six pack or an eight pack or however many, uh, they come in a unit on Brett Dalton. Um, I, I thought it was silly and kooky and it can be clearly Chloe is the one they go to for
1: the fun. <laughs> Uh well Pete uh that's a good setup there in the final clip here two adorable Wii fans asked everybody about Sky Die.
7: Okay.
3: Yes we are. Okay. Um
7: for the writers did you ever like think of like getting like killing Sky actually like having her <laughs> die?
3: She <laughs> you love Sky? Don't worry. we're friends we just Yes. Oh, hi. Hi, Kessa. Hi, India. You know, uh,
4: we, uh, we tried. We tried to... <laughs> we shot her, and she just didn't take. So, uh, yes. There's still time. Yes.
5: There's still, still, <laughs> still, still time. Oh, God. in
1: there. <laughs> so, I, I, Pete, I just love the juxtaposition there of, like, these two girls. The one's like, no, I don't want to ask the question. You ask. I don't want to say anything. They're, you know, Felicia Day is like, no, both of you can stand up. And the girl's like, no, no, no. And then did you think about killing off a character for real for good your thoughts pete
0: well matt i'm gonna kick this one back to you since you have wanted sky dead at uh most of this season
1: (laughs) i wanted wait hold on we are how many episodes in 15 yes 15 i wanted sky to die for about 10 of the episodes not not even that i you know i was still getting to know sky in the first three or four episodes maybe two or three so it's maybe seven episodes i wanted sky to die then she started to grow on me a little bit then the best episode of the season so far tracks came along and basically said this is what you want is this really what you want? And, and, and showed me the horror that I was asking for. And since then, you know, I think they've tweaked the character, made her a little bit more mature Well, she already was becoming more mature. Now she's kind of, you know, the wounded puppy. And, um, I don't want sky to die. Um, I think that the girl's question was maybe, um, I don't want to say stated inarticulately cause they looked about eight, but I think that their point was, were you serious about this? Then you pulled back from it. Um, but it was a cute moment, nonetheless. Particularly since it sounded like they had just met Chloe Bennett, maybe backstage or on the, the press line or something like that. There had been some interact, you know, some genuine fan interaction there. So, a uh, cute moment, certainly. With that, Pete, let's look ahead now to our second segment. That is, unless did you, did you have anything else you wanted to say about good old PaleyFest?
0: No, I really enjoyed um, getting another taste of the group in a public setting we've not seen them all interact uh in that milieu and um you know just uh always looking forward to uh hearing more from them
1: yeah really 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 was nice that they did it and uh hopefully we get the whole cast together at the uh, new york comic-con in october so now, Pete, talking about getting a whole bunch of people together, let's head into our second segment uh, where a whole bunch of podcasters for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, got together and discussed a whole, uh, whole bunch of things. Pete, are you ready to flash back to that discussion? Hello and
9: welcome to the <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast roundtable featuring four podcasts, seven podcasters, no six. No, I am I can't count. Nick Fury will be three, our seven. One, two, six, yeah, seven, seven podcasts, casters rather. And um, we are here to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, yeah, if this doesn't sound like your regular podcast, don't worry. The reason you're hearing this is because your regular podcasters are right here and we are ready to talk about Agents mm-hmm. of S.H.I.E.L.D., what happened this past season, what's going to happen the rest of the season, and what we expect to see beyond Um so I'm just going to go ahead and right now turn it over, let some of the podcasters introduce themselves. I'm going to turn it over to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast
1: by Fantastic Geek first. Hello, everybody. I'm Matt from the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek. That's Fantastic with a PH. Joining me as always is Pete. Hiya, Pete.
0: Hey, Matt. Hey, everybody. I am Pete uh, from Fantastic Geek with a P-H. Dot com.
9: And we have also been joined by the the Helicarrier podcast. Uh, introduce yourself, please.
6: What up, y- y'all? I'm Annie Burbide. I'm your host from Helicarrier, the aid of podcast from across the airwaves. Sally Dan Schmidt, my co-host, couldn't be here today, but we will think about it in spirit. And what the heck
1: was that music? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just uh, the, the, the trumpets welcoming you in. Yeah.
6: That's
9: right. Oh, my uh,
6: God.
9: Or, or maybe you- it was, uh, uh, you know, just – Taking a moment of silence as we, we the <laughs> sadness for Dan, Dan not. This is heard. gonna
6: keep this is gonna give me an ego booze. Yes. <laughs> you guys are screwed. How are you doing, guys?
9: <laughs> and then we also have the Nuff Said podcast. Hi, this is Jazier
8: Jack Wengroski We are the Nuff Said podcast, and the inspiration for this is with us. He's here.
10: <laughs> inspiration. You mean uh, Rotund Rob Southgate? Hey, that's everybody. him. And uh, you can find our podcast at www.southgatemediagroup.com, com, where we have podcasts about all sorts of stuff, including a DC show. Get the booze ready.
9: Boo! <laughs> oh, you meant actual booing? Okay.
10: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, it's not I, a world well, of booing. I, I don't know what was up with that.
6: I can't do that because I'm also running a DC show, so I, 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 I can't. I'm a hypocrite if I if I tell them to boo. Yeah, I'm yeah. Well,
10: guys. it's it's. Uh, <laughs> It's the network has my name on it, so if we start booing DC, it's a real problem here too. <laughs> and and then, Jack gets confused I'm, about Marvel and DC, so it's perfect.
8: Yeah, actually, yeah, I, I, I have no like mental separation on any of them, so it, it's, it, I'm really just kind of creating a false sense of of uh, strife. <laughs> so my real question
7: is is Jack, how many episodes before Batman shows up on Agents of Shield?
8: Man, you know, I'm just waiting for Catwoman. <laughs> That's all he's waiting for. (laughs) And no, it's not content based. You know, I I know I didn't greatly enjoy the movie. It was it was totally visual.
10: Well, if you listen to our show last week, when when Ben and Daniel were on, uh, we came up with an idea that would work. Samuel Jackson as Batman showing up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Awesome.
9: Uh With With Nick Cage as Superman. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And then it doesn't get any better. (laughs) Finally, there's Welcome to Level 7, the unofficial podcast of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, also known as the longest title in the business. And we are me, Ben Avery, comic book writer, comic book fan, movie fan, and my co-host, Agent
7: Daniel Butcher, Disney fan.
9: Okay, so here we are. We're here to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the first thing I wanted to have us kind of talk about and i'm I'm gonna throw this out actually to the uh, uh fantastic geeks over there um what were your expectations when you first uh, heard the announcement that Ages of shield was coming and has it lived up to your expectations or has your expectations changed
1: well this is matt here i guess i guess i was unsure what to expect initially kind of wondering where's the line going to be between the 200 million dollar movies that we've that we've you know we had seen thus far for for the marvel cinematic universe and then the realities of a tv show budget um i think that as the show has been on um my expectations have changed kind of as the show has found its voice in terms of uh my expectation is less of the baddie of a week uh and and more turning into that kind of serial ongoing uh story format that uh that the show has really I, i think hit its stride with uh I like that serial format, and I certainly want more of it
0: Pete uh interjecting here, I would just say that um I always expected uh the connections to this massive uh cinematic universe that we've established between you know Thor and Captain America and everything uh going on there, as well as the continued connections to the Avengers and getting into something as offbeat and uh as loaded with potential as guardians of the galaxy this summer um you know we circled this uh show last spring you know around the time of the pilot that you know would this be our next podcast and you know we settled into it over the summer um as far as the expectations i think it's absolutely lived up to my expectations um i can't speak for matt Um, The special effects in particular, I think, you know, on the small screen have really shown that Marvel and Disney and ABC are committed uh, to this project. As far as my expectations uh, changing, they haven't. Um, They've given me what I expected going in and I only expect to see um, more.
9: All right. Anyone? um, Let's see. Well, Andy, what what do you what about you?
6: I have to go back to the announcement when they first announced the New York, the New York Comic Con. When they announced Colson lives, I think it the-
1: was yeah, yeah, New York Comic Con.
6: You were there, weren't you?
1: We we were, as a matter of fact, yeah.
6: Oh my god, my memory is so good. No, but I remember seeing on Twitter that Colson lives. The show was announced, and I kept thinking, this makes sense for so many reasons, but at the same time, it's. Like, this has never happened before. They ne- Like, I I didn't know what to expect because a TV show made, you know, based of the movies and so on. Like, like how, did any one of us ever expect that when we first saw Iron Man or when we saw Captain America or Avengers? Like, we thought that it would, it would always be on, on the biggest. Movie. We never thought they would do, like, DC. We never thought they would do a show like Arrow or whatever. So, I didn't know what to expect, but, you know, because I knew... Colson was there. I knew Clark Greg was there. Josh Whedon and so on. Like I, I got pumped and so on. Um, it has um, it's been a little. It's been a little bit It's been, it it has lived up to my expectations in certain areas, but at the same, time it hasn't. But um, like Matt was saying, I I'm enjoying this more serialized theme and structure. I mean, more than this um this just the procedure that they were doing for the past first eight episodes or something like that, it just didn't work. So now I like the, you know, they have an arc, they have a focus, they have a villain. That's what I like. All right.
9: Jack and Rob from Nuff Said. What about you guys? How's it lived yeah, up to your you expectations? Or, or you did you have expectations?
8: Yeah. Uh, I really, I have the, the set of the original comics and, you know, I was kind of hoping that they were going to kind of follow the original storyline but um, I think what's kind of come out of it uh, has really been good, and you know it's not it's not disappointing. Uh, I I don't think you can have uh, a Nick Fury centric show just because of uh, Samuel Jackson. Uh, you know every every time he's got a project or a movie, and it just seems a, a perfect to have him kind of pop in. Everything is kind of Colson centric uh, you know, if you look at the original comics, it's, you know, kind of that team. And, you know, when they pop into like the barber shop, it's almost kind of, you know, kind of reminds me of the old get smart, you know, they, you know, they kind of sit in the chair for a shave and boom, you know, they're downstairs. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was kind of wondering how they were kind of going to deal with that. And I, I think in a way, if they had gone that direction, it would have gotten a little kind of, you know, like 1960s or 70s uh, sitcom ish.
10: So, Jack, I got a question for you. Does that make Colson Maxwell smart? Uh, we'd have May <laughs> is 99. Uh, I don't know. Ward would be Jaime. <laughs> Come on, Jack.
8: Ward would be Jaime. Ward would be a great Jaime.
10: <laughs> <laughs> he would.
8: <laughs> may would be a terrible 99 i i can't imagine that uh colson oh, i don't know she to...
10: kicks some butt i think she'd be a good 99
8: no 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 she she's way too uh she's way too aggressive that's that's got to be sky
10: oh she'd be 99 yeah <laughs> uh, so we are the furious chief <laughs> of course he And then the... who's Berry in it because i know she's in this it doesn't
8: matter whatever she is is
10: perfect <laughs> right
8: so jack, what were your expectations jack <laughs> just just because she's in a movie is
10: just that that's reason enough right there you go so jack what were your expectations he's asking
8: well my expectations were a little more um uh, a little closer to the original but i wasn't disappointed
10: okay. okay there you go what about you rob you know my expectations uh Boy, how do I say this? You know, when it started, we were, we were very positive about it on our show. But in reality, I was a little disappointed. I thought they were missing the mark. Uh, my expectation was actually what we're kind of seeing now, where it's it's more mythology instead of Monster of the Week. It's, it's when X-Files worked, it's when it went to that. And it, this is the same type of show, the same type of structures like an X-Files, where if you've got good mythology going, you've got all this outer stuff going on that we're so intrigued by, then the Monster of the Week stuff works a lot better. In the beginning, it seemed like it was a lot of Monster of the Week, and it was losing audiences. And it was it was kind of losing us, even though we were being positive about it, because we could see where it was going. At the same time, the expectation was not quite met. Now, I have a different feeling. I think they're meeting expectations. I think that we have real momentum. There's no way it's not getting renewed at this point, in my opinion. And I think that once we hit second season, we're going to get what we want out of this show.
9: And Daniel, what about you then? Daniel from Welcome to Level 7. Daniel? Daniel? Daniel was
10: so infuriated by that last comment. I was going off.
0: because
7: like, He just what?
10: rage quit.
7: Um, I was too focused on the chat room.
9: Oh, <laughs> so, well, what, what is the chat room saying?
7: Well, I'm, about he- my answer, to be honest, kind of goes up with one of the answers we've seen in the chat room with, with Donald when he chimed in. Where he stated he really expected to see non-superpowered agents um, working cases in the MCU universe every week. And that's really kind of what I believed we were going to see, is, and I believe that's what they told us we were going to see. So I expected probably 85%, 70% to be Monster of the Week, and, you know, maybe 30 to 20% being Mythology episodes, to be honest. So that was always where my expectation was. And I I think that's really what they said for us is that, you know, it was going to be the non super within the MCU. And then what I really, really was expecting was that Agent Coulson was going to be
9: super cool because he's my hero. So, And (laughs) did it live up to your expectations?
7: You know, honestly, I think it has lived up to my expectations. I mean, there's some weeks where I feel like, you know, this may not be the the movie Coulson that we've seen, but we're also getting a lot more range out of Clark Gregg. Um, I, I, in a recent episode, made comments about him having that thousand-yard stare. Because it's not just him being funny all the time. It is him showing a whole range of emotions now. Um, so that's really lived up for me because I love Clark Gregg and I love Agent Colson. I mean, that's why I'm even doing a podcast on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
10: And then it's well, like done more mythology him, than I thought. I like how they've given him a chance to do some action, too, where, you know, in the beginning you didn't really see him doing like real action scenes. And they've done a little bit of that. It's been fantastic. Yeah, he's been leaving people on the bus and taking care of it himself.
7: So,
9: yeah, yeah uh, he's, is, been he's no Captain Picard. I mean, he's <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> he's not letting second in command take the missions. He's he's going. Um, and, you know, my expectations kind of went along with um, what Daniel was saying. But I was kind of expecting a fringe type of thing. You know, the first two se- series or seasons of fringe. Um, it was monster of the week, but a little bit of mythology in every episode, you know. And so if you were not a, if you're a casual viewer, you could tune in and enjoy the monster of the week. But if you're like really wanting to know what's going on, you're going to watch every episode because you want to see that final five minutes or whatever, because of the mythology building. And it, they didn't quite follow that model exactly. Um, and now, you know, the last few episodes have been, um, there's been some big mythology building. Um, it's been more like X files where it is. Here's a monster of the week. Here's a monster of the week. Mythology, mythology, monster of the week, monster of the week, building you, you, world building and, I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, It's not exactly what I was expecting, but um, I've liked what I've seen. So it didn't matter that they didn't hit hit the mark exactly where I thought it was going. So let I just comment
6: one thing about the monster of the the whole monster thing. Uh, I think the reason why it's not working here is because, like, how many of you guys did watch Buffy and Angel and so on? I watched a couple episodes. I have to never seen it. Okay, well, basically, I think the reason why it didn't work here is because Jaws isn't here. He's the he's the one who made it work. And, like, look, I'm, I'm not slamming Marissa and Jet. They're great showrunners. But it's just Jaws had the special type of writing and directing and so on, and he made that theme work. So may, I, I think the reason why it didn't work here was because he was, he's, people can call this a Jaws. We didn't show, like, as far as I see, I it's more, I think this show belongs more to Jed and Marissa because I f- I don't feel Joss is present at all. I think that's why they had to, they decided to eventually just change theme basically because without him, what's the point of make, even trying because it's not it's not working.
10: Well, yeah, I think I think you actually might be right. I've been I've been watching it from that perspective also, thinking I don't know how much Joss really is involved uh, other than in name. It seems like it's the others are are kind of running the, the show. Although I think that recently, because of what's going on with Ultron and all that stuff, they may have like had a sit down with him and said, okay, how do we kind of manage this? Because it, it definitely seems like his fingerprints are on it now much more than they were in the beginning. Even in the pilot, I didn't think his fingerprints were necessarily there.
6: Oh, I felt the pilot. I just felt that when we, I think b- between episode two and nine... I just didn't feel it. But then when we got to, not, um, not the magical play, but the episode before that, um, what was it? Oh, really? It uh, episode 10. Yep, yes. The bridge? Uh, or- I, yeah, I started to feel more of his presence. There. I, 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 think he had, I think he knows, I think he was the one who decided to see the finale. I think we, he, he, he's a big part of what is to come. But it's just that in terms of directing and writing and so on, there's not a, but I think you're right with Age of Ultron, uh, and uh, I find it kind of hilarious that they're about to start shooting the finale. And guess what movie starts filming this week? Avengers: a- Age of Ultron. Hmm. Oh yeah, the it is. Check is out our Instagram; we have
10: pictures all over it about that.
6: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so hey,
10: I want to I want to bring one up here real quick. Uh, David on our chat made a good point here. He said Sky is the way we see Whedon's involvement. David. I think you're right on the
9: money. And and but how, expand on that.
10: Well, I think what that that, mean? that that Sky's character there was a little period there where it kind of it was a little cookie cutter it was kind of falling apart. And in the beginning we all thought Sky was going to be really interesting and it just kind of disappeared. Since things have been getting better, notice they're doing a lot better with Sky. I know that on our show Jack and I are much more into the Sky character now than we ever were. I think it's it's what he's doing with that character. I think that's where Whedon is saying this is how you build a female character and this is how you make her interesting and tough because and, she really is kind of a prototype of a Whedon character, in my opinion.
8: I agree with that. And I think yeah, they I know spent... For a, I just gonna, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I, th- I think they spent so much time with character development that in the first few episodes there w- wasn't almost room for some of the things that I think the fans were looking for in the series. Uh, you know, the directions that we thought that uh, Ward would go, it really seemed to take about five or six shows for him to hit a comfortable stride and, you know, different backstories. You know, Skye went through, you know, how many evolutions? She she's gone through about three evolutions. You know, she was kind of the... The rogue character on the outside she comes inside then she's a pariah now she's a 084 and you know and totally is kind of in with Colson. so it's like you know I'm still waiting for some of the things that they really could have done like you say the monster of the week we've got all these minor Marvel characters I know Rob and I talk about when we start to talk about the characters well, this character is owned by Fox and this character is owned by Sony and you go in, you know, you've got, you know, 5,000 characters that aren't owned by anybody. And, uh, you know, Queens. so, you know, well, let me ask
9: <laughs> don't you I don't that, about then. Disney now. Well, wait, actually, uh, <laughs> let me pull off my question. Matt, I thought I heard you start to say something.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say that, uh, in the first, uh, I don't know, uh, nine or ten episodes of the uh, of the season, I was definitely down on Sky as a character. I was saying, "Hey, let's kill her off." I was you know, <laughs> yes, a I huge remember. proponent of that. Um, but kill I think her it's off, something that we, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Wait, I mean,
7: we're we're not the only show that has a death watch. Come on, how long till <laughs> Trip's dead? <laughs>
1: um, I, I know something that Pete and I have talked about a lot is kind of the the Wesley Crusher ification of of Sky, where I think that somewhere around the episode of the Bridge, where where all of a sudden she kind of went from uh you know kind of kind of the Wesley Crusher romper to hey here's a uniform or or in the course of Agents of Shield you know hey start to dress like a grown up and not like the the <laughs> itinerant you know hippie child or whatever that's when it was like oh she can fine she hasn't been to Shield Hogwarts but she's kind of you know you know acting ensign Wesley Crusher she's kind of an acting agent act like it act like a grown-up act like a like like a true member of this team of brilliant people killers pilots you know and, and this sort of thing and, and and as she's evolved and i think it was it was an excellent comment how she's kind of been through three uh three different phases as she's in this latest phase of being kind of a level zero agent but an agent nonetheless uh that's been a very very welcome change
6: i, I have that to... level
1: zero term
6: oh i'm sorry
0: i have to agree with matt um you know he was very critical of the character, particularly early on. But, you know, what I've always uh, felt, you know, we started with her. She's the everyman. She's our window into this secretive organization and seeing it from both without and within. And now being a member of it, uh, has she had some Awkward moments in her adolescence at S.H.I.E.L.D. here? Absolutely. As she comes into her own now, I, I think we're we're fully glimpsing the plan as it was pitched and as it'll be executed, whatever she is. But
7: when we talk about awkward moments, let's be honest, they've all had awkward moments. Yes. I mean, even, even Phil has had awkward moments on the show. And I mean, the ones that just popped to my mind is, again, we're, we're not all in love with what was going on with Ward. Um, we all have kind of issues there, but I mean, let's look at the, the evolution of good old Fitz from being the guy who couldn't do anything to being, hey, I'm in the field and I'm unlocking your doors, and I want a monkey. Yeah,
6: <laughs> who doesn't want a monkey? Absolutely. Yeah. Where is that reference? I, am I, pissed that they didn't represent at the Paley Festival.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. So was I. we were, we were the whole time. Come on, somebody mentioned the Fitz monkey. Somebody mentioned the Fitz monkey.
6: Oh well. <laughs>
8: Well, speaking of uh, Fitz and Simmons, how long did it take them to kind of figure out what was going on?
9: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Here's my theory with that: it looked great on paper. All right, they talk over each other and finish each other's sentences and everything like that. It's great in the script, but then they film the first episode and they start realizing that's not working. (laughs) That's gonna really be and and we've already written three more scripts. But okay, well with episode four we're gonna we're gonna pull back a little bit and you can see where they started pulling back and then you start liking the characters and they started um letting them do their own thing i i Uh, think that was key breaking them up yeah yeah i
10: think that was key too although i'll tell you the the key defining moment for me with those guys where i really was in was the sandwich (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well and, yeah, and the was sandwich was amazing was and i was in with those guys from that point I was, on
8: i was actually mad about the sandwich like, really you know like the, of all the stuff that you're worried about you're worried about them smelling a sandwich then eat it quickly <laughs> <laughs> all right. i'm food smelling i i i, I, I can't it's imagine the, wasting a good sandwich like that i'm sorry
9: <laughs> well let me ask you, you guys this thing. We'll, we'll start with andy here but um mm-hmm. best moment of the season worst moment of the season.
6: worst moment and best moment. I Okay, look, I I'm not the person who enjoys seeing people in pain. So this is going to sound really weird, but the best moment was seeing what happened to Colson. look, I I look, I, I find any enjoyment seeing Craig exc- Greg scream or cry or whatever, but it was it was a powerful moment. And I feel that was one of the best moments of the season. And because we, we could feel his pain, we could see what was going on, we could see that Nick Fury is seriously effed up, um, I'm just saying. And um, worst moment, um, Scorch. Scorch.
9: <laughs> just in general? <laughs> oh. I,
6: he wasn't... What the hell? Like, sure, go ahead and pick some minor moral characters, but... Oh man, he just went down the hill when he got it, when he got more powers. He was, he he the way he delivered those lines was so cheesy, and I, like, I was like looking at the watch. And I'm like, just get to the trade. I just want to see the trade next week's episode. <laughs> All right, uh, Matt and Pete, how about you? Best moment,
9: worst moment the season?
0: Um, I'd have to say that the best moment this season for me and I I think I can speak for Matt with this uh, for us was when, uh, you know, Clark Gregg took the time to talk to us and, uh, you know, tell us the best was yet to come that, you know, we were going to get this giant block of episodes, which at the time he thought was going to be six. And then we were really going to see the fruition of the plan. They laid the
9: seeds for early last year. And you're, Um, you're referencing your interview that you had with him.
0: Yes, yes. And, you know, the, the guy really comes across the same, uh, you know, in, in an interview setting as he does in the panel, as I imagine he would, you know, on set. He is as genuine and as, uh, you know, sincere a guy as you can hope to talk to. And, you know, as was said before, I can't remember exactly who said it. You know, he's the reason so many people are invested in this show. As far as a, a worst uh, moment of the season, I don't have one. I don't think there's been one at this point. I'm I'm getting out of this what I expected.
1: For me, the the best moment uh, of the series has been the episode Tracks, which I just absolutely love. I, I've probably seen it I don't know four times. Um, I love how it kind of becomes this. Uh, it's almost a, a, a challenging story for network TV in terms of. You know, there's kind of this nonlinear presentation where now you're flashing mm-hmm. back to see somebody else's perspective and they're keying you into the timeline by saying, you know, oh, look, there's the there's the mountain out the window and you kind of you're slowly building your understanding of the events that's going on. Just just love that episode. Uh, for me, the low point has been uh, has been the episode The Well. And, and I'll certainly agree with Andy. You know, Scorch wasn't great. There have been some moments that weren't great. But to me, that that Thor follow up episode um I think it's how not to do movie-to-TV synergy. (laughs) You know, you see Thor 2 and has all this high energy. And, I mean, it it ends on the greatest of notes where, you know, it's like, oh, hey, just the one thing I wanted out of Thor 2 was to see him come back to see Jay. And then they give it to you in the final, you know, or I guess in the the penultimate, you know, credit thing. Oh, wow, love triumphs. And then what do you get on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? They go there to, like, clean up. (laughs) <laughs> and it was just kind of a bit of a letdown and then they a... leave
9: to go deal with some other norse thing that has nothing to do with dark world at all
1: yeah yeah so to me it was just i i hope for them that was a learning experience where it's like if you're gonna do a crossover look i know you can't get bob downey to do eight episodes in a row i understand that i know you can't do you know special effects where you're in space and there's space monsters coming through a giant portal and attacking new york i understand that but you don't need to do a a, a, a carryover episode of like hey this you know the, the nice guy from ghostbusters 2 is actually like a thor you know uh, he 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 was friends with thor and now he's here and yeah and this is thanks for seeing the movie you know here's the here's the b team so to me lady sif is a great example of you know bring these people in give us the wow moment don't kind of be like yeah, our heroes are janitors. Can I ask you so. a follow up?
7: <laughs> you, you do have to give them credit though for seven episodes later
9: actually having a true crossover. Yeah. Absolutely. And true sequel. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yep. It followed the, the, up on threads. It was nice.
8: Yeah, that, I was gonna, that's I, where oh sorry. You know, that's where Rob and I go. came up with the uh the super the uh the janitor with superpowers after everybody comes up with the mess, his superpowers to clean it all up.
6: Uh, Andy, what were you gonna say? I was gonna ask, like, um, like I I don't know, I I I haven't listened to the, the, your episode, uh, each of your episode about the um, the Lady Sif episode, but I think uh, the, the what they should have done, like, they should have done that episode as the four crossover. I felt that timeline wise, it would it would make more sense. I don't know why Loki would wait so long to to send um, Mar- not Mera, I mean Laura, like she played Mera on Small, so that's why I like keep confusing. So like, I don't think think he would wait so long So I, I agree this that was like a sequel and that that's how it should have been so I, I completely agree with you Matt about a seeing like oh they're just cleaning up stuff yay
7: <laughs> but but let's also throw out there originally that episode was going to be released the same week the DVD went out or oh, it was yeah it ended up
9: coming out the week after uh, but
7: so was- so even there there was a tie to the to Thor the Dark World and trying to make some more money for
1: Marvel and Disney Got to get those ABC schedulers to get on, get on board with the mouse house here. Yeah. You know, that's the other
9: thing we have to keep remembering is this is a money-making machine. And they're learning, you know, how we're going to make money so we can continue these stories. And I'm, I'm liking that they're learning it well. because.
7: Well, and I, I know earlier our chat room was having a lot of conversation about, you know, are we going to get renewed? And I think a lot of us feel really confident in saying they're going to get renewed because right at the moment, Disney has got a one-hour commercial, 22
6: weeks a year. Yeah. yeah. I don't like calling it a com- – I know. It, I, I get what you mean, but it just sounds weird calling it a commercial. Like, well, OK. I, well, you're sort of <laughs> it, right.
9: But- you got to consider that it's a commercial for all the other commercials though. I mean action <laughs> figures are commercials for the movies and the cartoons. Cartoons are commercials for the action figures and the comic books. And, you know, it's just it's 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 the snake eating its own tail. And and I will say, again,
7: I like the story. And for that, you know, for the producers and the creators, the story may be what's top notch. But on the Disney corporate side, they've got a lot uh, at stake having this show, which promotes their movies, their toys, their print and appearing on their network. They got a lot in, in stake for this thing to be successful. So,
6: um. Yeah, so Season 2 is coming, definitely. Um, something that I kept saying on Helicare is that they will not be on Tuesday nights next year. They will move for, for sure. And it's... I'm sorry, I'm going to fire some shots at CBS and, and CIS. You're old. Like, that show is like 200 years old. Just get... Just die already. Like, that show is the reason why S.H.I.E.L.D. has had some tough competition. Yet. And now with The Voice, you know, like, one of our 500 other voice talent programs in america like that's you know it's also bad programming and bad scheduling and so on so hopefully we will, yes we will season two like like the our my great host here said there, this is an investment for, for abc and marvel and disney and so on they're not gonna cancel it but they need to move it uh daniel best
9: moment worst moment of the season best moment and again it comes from the
7: pilot it's when he comes out of the shadow and says welcome to level seven Took uh, okay. We we knew it was coming. Well, uh, that moment for us is a big moment, obviously. I mean, that's the moment that we bonded over. It's the moment we've named our show after. And so I just keep going back to that moment because in the Avengers, I mean, I'm a grown flipping man. And I'm crying the first time I saw the Avengers on opening night because my guy, Coulson is me, is dead. So to be able to see him uh, back on the screen... Say those words did nothing but make me an absolute hot mess. And it made me excited and glad that th- he was back. And, yeah, I know it's comic book. I, but, hey, as we said earlier in the chat room, Marvel brings people back all the time. And in this case, they brought back one of my favorite characters. They brought back the right one. Yeah.
9: Um, at least – oh, go ahead. I'll let you do your favorite. Well, oh, uh, this that's, that's my favorite moment. I mean – so go ahead. The, the, least, uh, my too. worst moment is anytime. time –
7: they try to overreach on special effects. Give us <laughs> an example. The uh, explosion. A, the explosion. So, in, which one in, of them? In Tahiti, as we're watching the bus lift off, and we're seeing the mountain fall in the background. It, it looks oh. so bad. It looks so so bad. So those they're are running onto
9: the bus, and you know, it, TV effects. I understand, but
7: but I, I would have said, said preference did not do those. Just yeah. don't
9: do them film around it you know um yeah. but yeah
1: <laughs> yeah there definitely were green screen lines when uh, yeah. garrett and colson were running up the the ramp there it's just like oh guys come on green screen's like 20 years 30 years 40 years old like come on just get it right yeah how i mean much... they were doing that with doctor who in the 70s yeah. and
9: yeah <laughs>
7: and, and how much better would that end of that been without the explosion we could have done without the explosion
9: and it had just been character shots yeah or or a long shot of the of the explosion or the the implosion as it was absolutely um, just something else um my my uh worst moment of the season honestly is um clark gregg's loser quote and not because he said it i mean it was taken out of context but it became it became the headline for everyone you know clark gregg calls people who gave up on the show losers well, well, that's not exactly what he was saying. You're not, you know, actually, you're quoting his words, but you're not quoting his his intent and, and
6: context as well.
9: Yeah, uh, but it became a headline, and it just uh, didn't didn't do anyone any favors. So, uh, yeah. How about um, Rob? What about you? Worst moment, best moment, Jack?
10: You know, I'm going to go with actual uh, an
9: actual moment.
10: I, I agree. I mean, there's been so much good. I've enjoyed so many things. There's so many times I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. The one that stuck out when I read this question and I thought, what would the moment be? The first thing that came to me was May flying backwards off that train in tracks. That was so awesome. I think Jack and I talked it out for about 10 minutes offline. Just like, that was so cool when that happened. So I, I thought that was a really cool effect. I thought the whole thing, that whole tracks episode was really good, except for my worst moment, wasting Stan Lee. Oh. He comes in, they, they prop him, him up. Stand up and applaud. And <laughs> I was like, "Absolutely right." I'm like, "Come on!" So Jack and I have a theory that he's going to end up being the clairvoyant. They're going to finally <laughs> make right on this thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, that would be awesome. Uh, it would correct the whole thing. I I could deal with it. Uh, it's a what if universe in Marvel, you know. But the reality is that was just a waste. And why why were those two like propping him up? I mean, I've seen him. He's not like falling down all the time it was weird
1: oh, i don't think i don't think they were propping him up i think he was uh how should i say this they they were headed to one of the uh one of the the sleep cars there the three yeah that could be so he was maybe he wasn't
10: the clairvoyant he was hugh hefner in the marvel universe
1: <laughs> absolutely
10: nice. well do
7: you
9: guys think that he might be a 084 <laughs> in real life yeah i think stanley
10: might
9: be <laughs> you know my theory about the stan lee cameos Yes, and, and it's a good one. And that's that all of the Stan Lee's that we are seeing in the movies, the current movies, and now in Agents of Sealed, they're all clones of the general from Captain America.
10: Yes, I think that's awesome.
9: <laughs> and and he's wow. uh yeah, he's 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 number zero. And then they're all clones of him who have aged and just they're living their lives, you know? They became Hugh Hefner, Larry King, dude on oh, a train. Larry
6: King. <laughs> <laughs> uh
10: that's what they need to do. Another cameo where he's on there, Marvel Universe.
6: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, what? I was thinking about that cameo because they kept saying in advance that oh, this is going to be a big role. I honestly thought he was going to be revealed as as one of the founders of Shield.
10: Yeah, that could have been.
6: Hmm. Let's just think about it. For, like, like, it would make so much sense that like, he he created created his world. So why didn't could he have been one of the creators of? the biggest organization in the world, basically.
10: Well, and we still don't know. I mean, that that's what Jack and I are joking about on our show is, you know, it was such a quick little cameo. And why was he on that train? Is he actually important? Could there be something there? Do I, I think, think that's going to happen? No, but, oh, please let it happen. <laughs> oh, nerd gods, look down on us and grace <laughs> us.
0: I think they build it in such a way that it made it seem like it was bigger than it was i mean i was definitely picking up on was there potential for him to be the clairvoyant um i've kind of backed off of that though
9: well stan lee himself was saying this is a huge role this is a huge part (laughs) yeah i
7: mean they build it huge they gave it tons of publicity and i think you know is he the clairvoyant is he the leader of hydra is he uh, a Marvel founder? I think the—I I mean, a Shield founder. Those were all valid ideas because he, who and the great one, would never ever overstate, never. Uh, ever, <laughs> ever. Never exaggerates. I mean, he made it clear that it was an important moment in Agents of Shield, and in the end, it was wasted. If again, as I said, enough said, and on our show, if they had just had him in each one of those segments, yes, and then had done- everybody seen, oh, it, then we would have been crazy. Oh wow, we would have all freaked out. Yep, it would have hey, made in you case, crazy hey you Still, should stop he wouldn't have dead the, dead the show and just
6: write for a show stop <laughs> <laughs> talking the show and go write that ep- that episode that would be awesome <laughs> maybe right, the Jack.
8: reason Stan was so uh, kind of awkward because he was actually a life model decoy <laughs> 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 and just couldn't talk you know very you know, consistently
9: Jack we need your best moment worst moment
8: uh, I kind of agree with the first one um, just for Finally, uh, answering the Tahiti question, uh, like uh, you know, like you said, I didn't enjoy him, uh, colson going, going through the reanimation, but it finally settled that whole. Uh, you know, if if I heard Tahiti's a magical place one more time, I think I was going to scream.
6: Tahiti uh, is <laughs> up. No wait, never mind. <laughs> <laughs>
8: uh, but yeah, I was I was really glad uh i just think you know they they were building it up they were kind of taking it there it was more than time to kind of develop that story and when they did i i thought they did it very well a couple of hiccups along the way like you know some of the special effects the best special effects i got from that was the bus in the air that does the 180 i thought oh yeah that was a, sweet <laughs> that was that was well done but uh, yeah, they they could tighten up some of that, especially something that's supposed to be, you know, a tech-heavy show that we've kind of gotten some hints of the the tech, but you know, I, I'm still kind of waiting. Uh, the worst moment I thought was the uh, kind of the uh, the storyline of catching Sky in the act and and betraying the team. I yeah. I, I just didn't see that in her character. Um, you know, well, not well, what was it not in her character or was it too soon? I, I think it was too soon. i you know, you have to. Uh, I I think that they were forcing the development of each of the characters, uh, you know, like Fitz and Simmons. It was almost as awkward as seeing Leia and Luke kiss. You know, it was like it's not working <laughs> except then, not on purpose. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and and then, um, you know trying to um you know like um what's it where they kind of made uh fits uh you know they 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 wanted to make them tough and then they wanted to make them funny and then and it was like okay oh, oh and the uh the other thing that really has gotten my goat is they've punched each other now more than they've punched anybody else <laughs> has anybody noticed this it's like Worf on Star, on, uh, on Star Trek.
10: Jack, you're you just know, throwing out the geek references all over the place tonight.
8: Yeah, I, I, I'm geeking all over myself. I apologize. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> but it's it's getting me kind of, it's getting my inner geek like a it's little. It's tweaking uh, your geek. It's tweaking my geek, which is our next podcast on the right. Southgate Media Group. Yeah, right. Every time we talk about something, it adds a show. <laughs> but <laughs> Let's yeah, do, you know, if. You know, I want to see May kick somebody other than Ward. <laughs> right.
9: <laughs> let's let's do some speculation here. Uh, so, spoiler, Pete. I'm going to go to you first and ask you to just keep a keep a lid on the spoilers, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> what is the blue alien?
0: What is the blue alien? What uh, is the blue alien? I think it's a Cree. I I decree it is a Cree. Uh,
1: Matt i'm not sure i i think the show is um the show kind of has to has to serve many masters in terms of you know a certain segment of the population wants uh, you you know like they're gonna go oh man this is immediately you know graviton and i know graviton back from the comics and uh, other members of the audience are like kind of need their hand held uh and, and i'll admit you know i i've i have decent geek cred but i'm i don't have a, a deep background in uh marvel comics so i'm kind of in that latter group. Um, I suspect in my gut that the blue alien isn't something that you can kind of, you know, go onto Marvelpedia or whatever and just be like, all right, the list of blue aliens. Oh, it's gonna be one of these six. Um I think there's gotta be some sort of twist ahead, um, if only just for the the um you know, those with the deep comic resume where they don't want you to figure it out immediately.
9: Uh Jack, what do you think? Uh
8: speculations. I think they're going to go more with the alien theme, we're going to find out what the blue alien is. My theory, really off the top, was it was Degree. Uh, and the other um, the other thing is the storyline about the Clairvoyant. Uh, you know, I think that's everything's kind of funneling those two storylines. Um, and the last one is they've been doing a lot with Gamma. So... Are we going to see? I don't know if it's going to be the Hulk, but I think it's going to be a Hulk type character. Hmm.
9: Rob, what do you think?
10: Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm thinking about everything Jack said. We've, we've been talking about this quite a bit. You know, we, we, we definitely think that uh, we're heading toward Hulks. I think that you're going to see a split where you're going to have, uh, just like in the Marvel books, you're going to see each of these things play out. And the Hulks are definitely part of this universe. I think that we're going to see, like, a She-Hulk series on Netflix in the second season. But we may get a She-Hulk appearance or a Red She-Hulk appearance in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. by next year. Uh, Like I said, I'm firmly agreeing that next year is happening, so I'm already moving on to that. Uh, I think that as far as the the blue thing we saw in that tube, I think it is a Kree because I think they name-checked it. Uh, in that other episode, when they were listing off the things that it could possibly be, and when they said Kree, it's like, yeah, not only did that perk our ears up, I think they were telling us, this is a Kree, we're going to see this happening in Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's going to go forward. This was our first introduction to what these look like in the Marvel Universe. So that's where I'm at with that. Andy,
6: what about you? Well, because nobody has mentioned that, the Kree. The um, no. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Uh, we know at least it's not a Frost Giant because... There was a TV guy article this week that said that it wasn't, and I'm kind of yeah. glad it, it's not, because that doesn't look like a thing we've seen from the Nine Realm. Although we only seen two movies, but still. Uh, I, something I found interesting, I, I read an article somewhere, uh, I think it was on, on comicbook.com, and they speculated it could perhaps be the race that Nebula comes from, Karen Gillan's character in Guardians of the Galaxy.
9: Could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I uh, and I can't remember that race right now. It's a long, it's a it's a weird name, but um, but I'm pretty sure that um, Sif, name checked that race as well. Uh, yeah, so Daniel, and I spent a lot of time just trying to figure out what in the world is she saying, just to get the the names and look them up real quick, just to see what they were. Um, and sure enough, they were all blue. But <laughs> but, uh, but uh, continue, uh, Andy.
6: But, yeah, but I I, I think it's I think it's a Cree. I think like you guys said, they're. Which, this is unexpected from, from our, all of us, I think, but it, they're doing some sort of connection to Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think that, although Dan doesn't really like, like the idea, he thinks it's kind of weak to, con- to try to do a tie-in with a property that isn't even known yet. But by the time we get to August and season two begins, Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be, like, one of the famous movies of the year. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of like the idea that it could be tied to Guardians, but, um, yeah, I think it's a creep. Like, they... Like, why not? I think it, it could be fun. And also, there's, there's some connection between the Creeds and the Inhumans. So maybe, and we know that they're planning on perhaps introducing the Inhumans later in the universe. So I think it could be fun. And it's, it looks a lot like a Kree from what I, like, I looked at, I don't know how many photos I looked at from the comic book. But like 50 or something like that. No, I don't have a life, so that's why. So <laughs> I, I, it looks like a Kree, So yeah, I think it's a Kree.
9: Daniel. What do you think, Blue Alien? I think
7: I think it's a tie into Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that they need to introduce the audience to some of these characters and aliens before the movie comes around because they do want it to be a huge success. So I think it's either a a Cree, most likely, or as suggested, a Lufamoid, which is what Nebula is. And I mean, who the heck? Who knows what that is? Throw that one out there. Who knows what that is? For heaven's sakes.
6: Bonus. Um, uh, Wikipedia extro- knows what that is. Well, yes, it does. <laughs> but he, but could, he could pronounce that at least. But,
9: but that's but the I really only thing he could pronounce. <laughs> I'm Sorry, really, Daniel. I really do think. Didn't mean to throw you under the bus. Uh, oh, <laughs> I saw what you did there. Mm. Um, nice pun.
7: Um, uh, I think it's something that ties into Guardians is the most likely case. I do think, and I just heard it right here, a good theory, which would also tie into future plans, is something inhuman. Um, But one thing I don't think the alien is is a Hulk. I do think we have Hulks coming because we have Talbot, but I don't think that what is in there is a Hulk. I do think they were trying to convince us when they were showing us the GH pictures and memes where they were seeing the green shadow that it was something Gamma and something Hulkish. But I don't think that's what's inside the storage locker.
8: No, it didn't. When When you look at the face and – you know they're slowly draining whatever it is you know the the separate- the chemicals that they're separating out you know basically they're just kind of leaching out this body for for whatever it has, but I think you know as much as you couldn't see the rest of it, that was kind of the the first clue that it wasn't colson it wasn't uh it wasn't really earth bound it's it's definitely something alien
9: can i can I throw something out here that I, I agree, Cree. That's that's my my expectation. But I'm gonna blow your minds right now, okay? Come roll with the possibility. Wait,
7: I, oh. I just gotta warn everybody. Oh, usually, when he attempts to blow our minds, it'll somehow end with West Coast Avengers.
9: I oh, mean, no. I, I, mean I mean, Great, uh, Great Lakes, Great Lakes Lake. Avengers, but no, that's that's Avengers. not that's later. No, this blue alien. Imagine if you would. They find this alien during the 13 episodes of Agent Carter. That's, that's
0: if that happens.
7: The origin I mean, of
9: the alien. <laughs>
7: well, but Agent Carter is going to happen for those thirteen episodes, and I think that's a great theory because that bunker goes back to, to that World period. War II. Well, wait, yeah.
1: f- fair is fair. There's there. They have not ordered uh, uh, an Agent Carter pilot yet, yeah. and I would love oh, they, it. They
10: and, just and, ordered
9: the the screen yet, yeah, but they will it, do it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> but he will well, to really, This is uh, be a kraken. This is this is forceful. Wishful thinking, I think, is what we're getting
10: here. You know what? If it doesn't happen, then Southgate Media Group is happy to produce an Agent Carter's 13-episode series. It'll be very low budget, but we'll
9: be happy to do it.
10: What role are you (laughs) going to give Agent Daniel on that show? We're going to make—actually, Jack will be Agent Carter. It's going to be a very weird interpretation. Uh, Agent Daniel, you can be on uh, as Agent Daniel. I think uh, we'll have the old Agent Daniel, and then there'll be a whole story of how you come to be here now, just like Cap. Just as long as I'm not a love interest to Agent
6: Carter if he's playing. No. (laughs) Hey, as long as I can be a love interest with Dum Dum Dugan, I'm fine.
8: Yeah, I want to be Charlie the Janitor with this superhero (laughs) cleanup power.
10: You are Charlie the Janitor. What are you talking about?
8: Hey, you guys made a mess. I bet I can clean this up in .3 seconds.
10: (laughs) I can clean it up faster
7: than you made it. Okay, let's go to some more crazy speculation. And I'm going to go crazy backwards and break up the order that Ben's been using. And I'm actually going to start with him at the end of the alphabet. Who do you think is the clairvoyant
9: and who would you like him to be? Okay. Who do I think it is? I'm thinking it's going to be a variation on MODOK. It's going to be the mcu of MODOK. But who do I want it to be? I want it to be the leader. I I, I really would enjoy seeing that callback to Incredible Hulk, that character, you know, that's, that's they set up the character for us. This is perfect. Just pick him up and, and run with him. but I really think it's going to be some sort of Modoc guy, but not what he really looks like in comic books and
6: cartoons. All right
9: Jack- I have a question.
6: Oh go ahead. Yeah. I mean, did, did you guys see that photo that was released some somewhere of? <laughs> What?
9: <laughs> no that photo cracks me up because it's so low tech it's like it's like somebody's basement or like the basement of some warehouse you know it's just all these or the basement of a school that's what it is all the televisions on the on the rolling carts that you have in your school and they just brought them all down into one room and that's what the picture looks like to me anyway but
6: what yeah. if that isn't the clairvoyant what if it isn't like who said it has to be him
9: that photo I don't know. I I know a lot of people do say it was the clairvoyant. How many of you guys? I think almost all of you tweeted about it during the during the the commercial. I never saw the commercial when it aired. They reaired it, it
0: tonight. It was in the commercial again tonight. So it's in next week's episode. It's in the Deathlock episode, um, which is already screened. And yes. yeah, while they're you know, hey guys, don't talk about this. I'm sure something. Would have leaked out at this point.
9: Interesting. Okay.
0: All right, Jack.
7: What DC character is the clairvoyant? Go. <laughs>
8: uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's the Carnival
9: uh, Clairvoyant Sandu. What the? <laughs> what <laughs> wow that's an even better answer than I could have possibly imagined
8: <laughs> he was uh discovered by Loki and exiled by Odin so i'm i'm it's 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 just my 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 that's bed. Called wikipedia
10: he, working for Jack. My,
8: my wiki Wikipedia just trying to look for the worst possible character it could be. found it <laughs> I found it even even the graphic on this guy is just awesome. It's just like a you know a guy in a green turban holding a, a crystal ball, but um, I think they're going to bring somebody in. Uh, I think it's going to be a name actor. Uh, I would you know like Rob and I talked about. I would love to see uh, Stan Lee kind of redeem the awkwardness that was on the train. Uh, I think his appearance on the train. And the involvement of the clairvoyant would lend itself. Uh, also, I I do like the general uh, clone theory that that would be pretty marvelous. But I you know I just I think they're going to I think they're going to kind of go their own direction. I don't think it's going to be a Marvel character per se. Although I think they'll bring they'll bring in somebody and go you know. Yeah, it, it'll it be like a samuel jackson level uh actor
1: you took the words right out of my mouth <laughs>
8: <laughs>
1: sandu Rah. or the uh yeah i, was just
8: gonna say. <laughs>
1: no, I, I, I think it's gonna be Wikipedia some sort page? of i think it's gonna be some sort of attempt at secret casting maybe for for a final scene of the season that they shoot you know three days before the episode airs to so try and keep it secret and it's gonna be Some big name, a la, you know, hey, Sam Jackson's at the end of Iron Man. What? Uh, You know, and just something where you go, wow, I'm really impressed. And it's maybe one scene. It's something that we haven't that we haven't seen at all. And you just go, oh, my goodness. I can't cannot imagine how they're going to use this person uh, in season two.
8: It's It's either going to be Robin Williams or Morgan Freeman. (laughs) 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 Doesn't he have a show that hasn't been canceled yet?
10: Uh, (laughs) Morgan Freeman on
6: television? Morgan Freeman on television? That's new. (laughs)
10: Rob, you know what? Morgan Freeman was on Zoom, so it's not
9: that new. Uh, So wait, wait, no, Rob, don't, don't, don't correct him. Just, just let us slide. He was, he was on Zoom, wasn't he? The (laughs) electric slide.
7: He was on the electric company. Electric company.
10: Electric company.
9: With
7: Spider-Man.
10: Yeah, you know what? I just had a mini stroke over here, so (laughs) uh, it it was the clairvoyant. Something's going on with my eye.
7: Uh, Well, Rob, that's what I want to talk to you about. Rob. You've been abandoned by Jack, who started his own Halle Berry podcast. (laughs) You replace him with the Clairvoyant. Who is it?
10: Okay. First of all, you guys are going to laugh, but I'm still saying it's Stan Lee. Uh, I really do think that something like that is going to happen. I think that there is a very solid... Theory going out there which which you just floated which is that it is somebody we haven't seen it is not a character that we know it is not the leader it is not MODOK even though those do make sense I think the clairvoyant will be the clairvoyant a character we have not seen yet and we don't know I think they're creating a big baddie that is unique to the show that maybe will cross over to the movies but maybe just be a big baddie in the shield universe. But I'd like it to see Stan Lee as the guy.
9: Well, it worked with Harley Quinn. I mean that true. That became a classic character. And let's be yeah, honest, yeah. In fact, a lot of people not, don't I mean, even started realize on the screen. So
10: a lot of people think Harley Quinn actually has been around forever, and no, that's nope. that's something that started on the cartoon. Yeah, no. And so there you go. There's my my theory.
8: If it, okay, if I, Halle Berry winds up the clairvoyant, I will implode.
6: <laughs> Andy, and she, if the is uh, not an inhuman, who is it? Okay, I have three favorites. Okay, one is it's it's a fun one that I think could be interesting. Um, because of all the Asgardian present this season, because of what we know, what he's doing right now up in Asgard, Loki. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. I know it. He's expensive. I know he's Loki, but here's the thing: he said that he, he's talked to Joss Whedon about wanting to be on the show. He wants to do an episode of the show, and just think about it. But he, if you're Loki and you kill like a human being, you think you know you, you, I'm the most powerful thing ever. But yet he survives. That would make him obsessed, and I think that he would he would do something as nuts like this. And and like, like I said, all the Asgardian presence this them. Like, for example, Odin, quote unquote, Odin sent Lorelai to Earth. Why did he? Why did he need Lorelai to be on Earth? Well, he needed to get get, get, get Lady Sip for for a while. So, um, i i my serious one is, Papa Smurf. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but um, I don't know. Um, I just saw something red and blue. No, but um, I think it's Modak. I think it's Modak. I think that they. It it's definitely a Marvel character because they, not to get too negative here, but we've seen the response from fans that they're just they're they don't want that many original characters. They want characters from the comic books that we haven't seen before, and that's what they should do. This, use their library that we have never seen before that will probably never be in the movie, like like Scorch. Um, but um, so yeah, I think it's Modog. the leader. I I need to I, I need to ask you uh, you guys. Would people really remember the leader if he was the Clairvoyant? Like, would it make sense after what we saw in that movie? Well, I think it makes think, sense,
9: but I don't think people necessarily remember him. I but think that also means they can recast him.
10: Yeah, but, but I don't think you recast him. I think you keep the same guy, I, and now it makes that Thor movie interesting to people. It brings them back to that, which that helps, helps establish that Thor thing. You mean you mean Hulk? Hulk? Yeah, Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I, I told you I had a mini stroke earlier. The clairvoyant has done something <laughs> to my eye and brain.
0: <laughs> he's <laughs>
7: he, listening he's to spoken right to your now. cell phone while you were. It's all right. On your show, I kept misidentifying Nova. So it's all good. Um, uh, and, I, and I will say that I do think that when you look at the comics right now with Secret Avengers, which is the S.H.I.E.L.D. book, they are pushing MODOK heavily in there, Andy, to the point where there's romantic tension between him and Maria Hill. Oh, I want to tell that. those two kids to go get a
6: room. Cause it's just crazy. But she's married now with the Barney Simpson. Oh wait, wrong show. Sorry. <laughs> Agents of shield guy
7: guys talk amongst yourselves. Tell us who the clairvoyant are is. The rest of us will sit here and stew in anger as we think about your best poll guest.
0: <laughs> um, it's agent Garrett. It's Bill Paxton's, uh, character. um, Although you know we've seen somebody in a wheelchair, I think that's a little misdirection. Um, I think that might be Mrs. Garrett in a a nod to different strokes. And uh, (laughs) what was the other (laughs) one? Um, Facts of of life. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I think it might be Bill Paxton. You know, we've talked about who you might pull in and uh, to play that role. And I think you know he knew so quickly, and he was on the scene so quickly. Uh, we know this rift is coming in Shield, and I think that would wait, be a way to bust it wide open after the events of Captain America: The Winter Soldier.
1: I'm sticking with my theory from before. It's you know, it's somebody who we have yet to see, and somebody that uh, I, I think we might see for 30 seconds or less at the end of the season, and that'll kind of be your you know, season one of Lost cliffhanger, where it's like, hey, here comes the answer. Which will be explored next season. Adios. Have a good summer. Goodbye. <laughs> but you still think it's a model character, though? Um, I like the theory that the clairvoyant, uh, wh- whoever said it, uh, you're a genius, that that it could be just a brand new character. That the clairvoyant, you know, a la Harley Quinn, this could just be, you know, you look back 10, 15 years from now and go, hey, where did that clairvoyant come from? Oh, it was, you know, on the TV show. Now it's, you know now the clairvoyant is in comic books and graphic novels and the ultimate universe and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the idea that it's, it's somebody just brand spanking new.
7: Well, and, and I'll just go ahead and ask, and anyone can really respond to this. And, and Ben will get mad at me because it's not on the uh, pre-approved list of questions. Oh, no, darn you. Okay. Does every, who here thinks that this show needs to create original characters? Because we've been introducing pre-established print characters over the last few weeks, and we've been talking a lot about them. But don't we in the end need to have original characters beyond the bus?
6: We yes. do. We have yeah. five of them.
10: But no, we you we need uh, we need more marvel-ish characters that are original that are to this story. I totally agree with that.
9: I I don't actually. I I don't think we needed any, to be honest. Now, I think that we could have actually done the same series with these same actors doing the same parts that they're doing right now and playing them the same way that they are right now and still have had them be characters that were already from Marvel comics. I mean,
10: yeah, but since they haven't done that, I think we need to go original now.
8: I think they've gone that direction, but I agree with Ben that they've avoided that, but you have this whole like universe that uh, that we could like you say, you know, you could go up and look up you, you know some of these from the fringe, and I don't, I don't think they've done enough of that. And I think they're really going out of their way, uh, to avoid anything from the uh Marvel Universe, except that's you know, that what the tie ins from Asgard and the movies.
9: Um, let me ask you guys this though how, how early do you think they knew Mike Peterson was Deathlock? Sense to, sense no, that, to get, that's uh, a good
10: question. Did they decide that later because of what they were doing, or was that from the beginning that he would be Deathlock? I
8: I think they resurrected. I think it was a resurrection. I think they thought, you know, hey, this guy's, you know, like probably turned out a little more popular, a little better episode than they. And they said, you know what, let's let's bring this guy back and f- find a way to integrate him back in.
6: I think they knew from the beginning that um, because here's here's a little funny um, trivia because um, there was an interview with Jeff Bell before the pilot aired, and they were asking about Mike Peterson, and when he found out, he didn't even know it was a minor model character, and and I felt like it, that 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 can't be true, and then it, they revealed that oh we we oh we planned him to be Log. it was just I think they were also waiting to see if they could use them so. I think it's they planned it from the start. I think they always knew, but it was just that, oh, we need to wait till the second half of the season. Hi, guys. I need to
7: answer the question in the following way My name is Daniel. I'm a recovering heroes addict.
8: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Daniel.
7: Welcome. So, so here's my deal I really, really, really wanted them to have known upfront that this was the plan because. My biggest fear is that agents is going to turn out to follow a hero's path in the sense that those last few seasons of heroes, as much as I loved it, turned into a group effort writing it because they were taking so much input and feedback from the fans that it was becoming convoluted because they were testing and adjusting like every other week. So what I'm hoping is that that was their plan. They stuck to it and they didn't wait for criticism um. Before they decided, hey, we got to find a character that we can we can make this guy. Hey, this guy looks like cyborg. Let's go ahead and throw him in.
1: There have been a few times, uh, a few instances from from the first, say four episodes of the season, where I think when you know when the show was in you know monster of the week mode, where I suspect they've gone back and kind of retconned, For example, Ian Quinn or the the eye spy baddie. I think that they've. Gone back and kind of retconned those into the the clairvoyant storyline, and it wouldn't surprise me if that was a similar case with Mike Peterson, where they kind of say, "Hey, we're getting our you know we're getting our sea legs here in terms of doing a serial story." Uh, Ian Quinn works for the clairvoyant, and uh, and uh, Mike Peterson now has you know the eye camera, and hey, let's make Mike Peterson deathlock. I, I think that I think that whether that was the plan or not, I I I, I can't guess one way or the other, but I suspect. Maybe it wasn't, and they just said, hey, you know, we have enough latitude to just make some of these standalone episodes that weren't that great. Uh, oh, actually, secretly part of, you know, the clairvoyant storyline all along.
6: Now, it, speaking of Ian Quinn, I, I think they knew what the plan was with him because the casting said that he was going to be a regular character uh, in a the, in the guest cast. So I think they always knew, to be honest, that, uh, you know, that he was part of the clairvoyant's. What's that? what should I call it, a gang or whatever. Uh, Although, because i never seen it, I don't know if he is the guy who has a gang. But I don't think the red card, you know, modify anything. I think there's a few things, maybe a couple of things. But other than that, I think they, they they knew from the start it was just that we need to get through this slow first part of the season.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. I'm sure they're, they're not going to admit to anything, you know, that... that, that- <laughs> Is less than perfect, you know.
6: No, I read their right. mind. That's that's how I know.
1: Because so. you're the clairvoyant. <laughs>
8: oh,
7: <laughs> wait,
9: but, but you're, but you, oh wait, psychics don't exist in this minute. universe. Sorry, yeah, but
7: you're right though. They're not going to admit that something that may have had a misstep uh, was wrong. Because look at what they did with the one shot. I'll hell the king.
9: Oh, let's not go there. They had that plan the whole time. We're not. I, we don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go through that pain anymore. Um okay, let's let's uh, wrap this up then and let's just ask uh what um what are you expecting and what are you um kind of hoping for in the end of the season here and going into the next season. Um, where do you think we're going on the bus? And we'll let's start with um uh Andy
6: honestly and people are gonna hate me for this but next season I think they need to ditch the bus it's it's limiting them so much when it comes to the action stuff and so on. I think that they look well, they can fly they can use it to, you know to fly it and so on but I want to see more of them the action I want to see more of the story take place outside and um, not in the plane as cool as it is I'm just saying for these last couple of episodes I'm you know because we, we I, I don't know. Do you guys read the official description as soon as they get out or something? I do not. No. Okay. Well, having read what I've read, like it's, I feel like this show is becoming more marvely because that was one of my major, you know, major issues. Ma- I can't talk major issues in the in the first half because it's just you have this history, you have this universe, but like you, it's like they're they're trying perfectly to get away from that. So I feel I, I like that it's becoming more marvely. We know that Victoria Head is coming back. Good Lord, she's so gorgeous and awesome. And we we're seeing these, you know, other what's I say, minor agents or something, but they're still awesome. So like Trip. it's yeah, no, 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 triple. I mean, um, he's awesome. I, I mean, Sitwell and Blake, for example. Whoa, whoa! You did not just call Sitwell a minor agent. <laughs> I, okay, he's he's a uh, um, Sitwell
7: sit is me, and we are Sitwell.
6: Come on. Okay, okay, okay. He's a, okay. He's um. Daniel he's a, projects
9: himself a lot on on things. It's it, it, it's all right,
6: but I, I just like that it's becoming more Marvelly, and I think that's what they should keep doing. Like g- g- on the question of more original characters or not, of course, there needs to be a balance of having original characters and and characters from the comics or so on. It's just that I like seeing them using what they have and then some. So that's what I hope for the show to you know accept that you're part of this. Phenomenal franchise that has been a box office results, like nuts for the past, Um, when did Iron Man come out? 2007? 2008. So it's been like six years now. Like, just embrace that. Be proud of it. Accept that it's awesome. Like, it's you know, it's going to make the show better and so on because there's so much you can tell us that we've never seen before. So that's what I'm hoping for it to embrace what it is. Uh, enough said, guys. Rob,
10: Jack? You know what? I, I'm going with the same thing. I, I actually agree with you. I want it to embrace its marvelity. How's that for a word? That's uh, a yeah, thank you. And uh, I, I really do think that going into the next season, it's going to be more mythology mixed with – I mean I think the mythology is going to get stronger. I think the monster of the week is going to literally be more monster of the week with Hulks and aliens and things coming into this more. And I also think Shield the 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 figures we see on the bus right now are going to be more I, I don't know if I say rogue. Uh, because I think they're still part of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I think S.H.I.E.L.D. after the events of Captain America is going to be very splintered. It's going to be a very different organization. I think these guys are going to be operating on their own a little bit more in a different way. So I I think it's just going to be a little bit tougher show. Um, I don't think it's going to be, you know, Marvel's version of the shield or anything with Coulson being Vic Mackey. Although how awesome would that be? Uh but And I was saw it, so. I don't know. Oh, well, you know what? You need to get off this podcast and go marathon the hell out of that show. Hey, awesome. I
6: was born in 993. Like I was probably too young when did that show come out?
10: I don't know. I we we just marathoned it this summer. So, you were born in 93? Yeah. Wow.
6: I know that I, <laughs> I some of us are thinking about, older
10: than that right now. <laughs> yeah. Some of us are thinking about,
8: wow, I could be your dad. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, oh,
8: no. Ouch. You know, I was an E6 in the army in 93 in Japan.
6: <laughs> ah, so I was just sucking my thumb Thumb, down when you were doing that. Okay, cool. Well,
10: Jack was sucking his thumb, too, but that's a different story. <laughs>
9: <about that. laughs>
8: well, I'm doing that right now, but you can't see it over the podcast. That's what i oh, a podcaster.
9: Goodness. All right.
8: We hear the sucking I w- sounds, Jack. I Jack all right, if those if are my theories,
9: sense. Jack. Jack, what, what are you expecting, man?
8: Well, hey, well, thanks for the uh, proper lead-in. That was really great, Rob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, we well, roll. there's, I think once they kind of get through the the tie-ins on the movies, I'm kind of hoping that they do some a little more Marvel centric. Uh, I think what's going to happen though is they're going to do the same thing coming up that they with may that they did with sky uh whoever she's reporting to they're going to make us believe it's like she's some sort of rat and i i don't know that i like the way that it's going although they've already gone that direction so that's just my my problem but um uh, i think it's still going to be enough for her to lose trust with the team and she'll be on the outs for a while. They'll all make hugs, and then May, you know, will be back driving the bus. Uh, and I do think they're going to develop this thing with the the Cree, and uh, and something with the Gamma. Uh, but personally, I like you know they've they've got gravitron on uh, on ice. They've got all these kind of things brewing. Does there uh, I, yeah yeah uh, the blizzard and it's that kind of building they give us a little seed okay you know we've had our we've had our fill of character development now now let's start bringing these characters out
9: all right agents of shield podcast from fantastic geek with a ph what do you guys think <laughs>
0: I was saying to Matt early on, um, what if the events of Captain America: Winter Soldier are so catastrophic to Shield that maybe the plan the entire time is that this has been a one-season-off show? Um, I don't, don't think that's, that
6: you make me, you make me scare.
0: <laughs> I don't think that's what's going to happen. But I do think that uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. will be crippled, if not kaput, after the events of that movie. And I think the second season will be them, you know, Rogue, uh, going about uh, Monster of the Week, Case of the Week. Um, You think about it, they're going to have a large uh, bookend of time between Guardians of the Galaxy in, in August and Avengers Age of Ultron in May to grow completely on their own. So to weave in and out of these films as tent poles and then to get all that time on their own. Well, I mean, again, what if, uh, you know, the idea that they will be off on their own, they have this mode of transportation. They're pretty self-sufficient. Um, you know, if shield's crippled, if shield is crushed, if shields no more, they could still do their thing. They have a command structure. Um, you know, I, I think between the, the tentpoles of Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers Age of Ultron, you've got, you know, what, 10 months for them to grow on their own and do their thing. And we could, you know, pepper in the Marvel Universe, but allow them to continue on their own. And I'm excited for uh, what that could bring.
10: You know, it would be kind of fun if this show just really went off the rails during that time. Just really, instead of being so structured and typical TV show, if it really did, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is gone, everything's crazy, and, uh, you know, I, I think that might be a real interesting way to go. You know, lots of aliens and hulks and all sorts of weirdness going on that, like, up till now, it's been our world. And all of a sudden, it would be like, wow, that's not our world at all. This is the Marvel Universe
1: my number uh, one theory and there have been a few references here and i've been like oh i can't wait to share this a few references to hulk and gamma radiation uh maybe this is a crackpot theory but something i'm sure i saw in the episode where where uh, sky was was brought back from the dead i am convinced that she had a red pulsing light moving up her chest towards her neck uh, a, a number of times in that scene just happened for a second Maybe it was if it was that heartbeat monitor that's just, you know, a, a prop. Maybe it was that, although I don't think so. I'm convinced of what I saw. I, I did some okay screen caps from ABC.com that I put on FantasticGeek.com. Um, I think that we're headed somewhere with, you know, that GH325 that was injected into her. Will somehow create, you know, a red sky or or a red hole? Yeah, yeah, hole yeah. That would be like cool. That. Red sky. Um,
10: Make that I, happen.
1: I really think that that's I mean, at least that's a wish. I, I'm not I'm not saying I'm convinced it will happen, yeah, but I'm convinced of what I saw darn it. That's right. Uh, I mean, a couple other smaller things I'm I'm hoping to see. I really think for season two we're going to see Agent Triplet either added as a recurring cast member or you know like heavily recurring or full time cast member. Same thing with Maria Hill. If Kobe Smulders wants to you know, continue to work full-time, I know she said, you know, I might want to return to New York, which is what I would say if I wanted to play hardball with Marvel. Um, but I'm telling you, Red Sky. There's a future there in these seven <laughs> episodes. Red Sky.
2: Yeah,
6: oh, man. I'm, I'm hashtag- sky- hashtag- Sailor's delight. All right. I'm hashtagging that mother. I, <laughs> I just want to add one more thing um, that I that I want to see for season two. We have these... I don't know if you've heard about these shows that are coming to Netflix. Like, it was just like briefly announced a few mi- months ago. Um, I made reference to it earlier tonight. Maybe you weren't listening.
1: I'm it was announced with the <laughs> governor of New York and and Bob Iger.
6: I, I'm declared. I don't need to listen. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I want to see – I know that those shows are not supposed to be spin-off shows, but I would love to see them do sort of like backdoor episodes for these characters in season two. So, we can get a little taste of what they're like because we have to wait to 2015, for God's sake, what they, to see those shows. So, an episode or two wouldn't hurt Each of each and one of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. mic drop. <laughs> Daniel, what
9: about you?
7: Well, I, I think some people are going to dislike my very specific uh, predictions for season two. So, uh, we're definitely going to get at least one Guardians of the Galaxy crossover. If not two, we're going to get things that lead us to Age of Ultron. I think we're going to have at least one episode in which we have to deal with the fallout and have to recognize the death of Trip. (laughs) Because the clock's running. Clock's
9: running on him. Okay, keep going. Hmm. Um, (laughs) Wait, wait,
6: wait. What do you mean the the clock is running on him? Well, he's only got
9: three
7: episodes, right? Three left. They're going to kill him because I like him. (laughs) <laughs> um, um okay, the kiss of death. Uh, and, and I do think I think everybody's kind of on the same page. Uh, we're gonna see something where our bus team, Little Shield, is on the run and they could be on the run from Big Shield. We've gotten so many hints of this coming in our future. Fury not picking up calls, fury keeping secrets. Uh, trust the system, and Colson no longer trusting the system. Whatever May's betrayal is is probably something to do with Big Shield. Uh, there's just, there's something coming where I think they're going to be off the grid sometime in the future. And season two seems like a good place to have little, little shield versus big shield.
9: Yeah. And I, here's, here's my predictions. I've moved my prediction from the April 1st episode to the April 8th episode that we'll see Chris Evans in April 8th. And we will have wrap up to Colson's Tahiti problems because that's what they promised us. So I'm counting on that. Um, And in season two, Great Lakes Avengers. I'm just <laughs> what the Great Lakes Avengers man, you know, Squirrel Girl.
10: I think that would be awesome,
9: Mr. Immortal, Doorman Rob Dinah,
10: Big Bertha. I can't help it. Maybe you haven't heard our show, his theories
9: are almost as bad as
10: ours. <laughs>
9: <The> Great Lakes <laughs> Avengers. Um, no, I just don't, I just really hope that they wrap things up, and I do kind of go along with, um, I think it was you, Matt, who was saying, um, that there's just be such devastation from Winter Soldier that we get to see the aftermath of the movie play out in the TV show. And I think that that is an exciting, exciting prospect, which we haven't seen uh, anything like that. Even Star Trek never was able to really get into that kind of thing where it was, you know, the big screen after effects, we got to see them on the play out on the small screen. So I'm excited for that kind of thing. Um, All right. Well, I think we are, we should probably wrap things up here. So I'm going to say a couple thanks here and then you guys can, uh, give your websites and, and, and promote your stuff here. Um, <laughs> but I do want to say a big special thank you to, uh, Daniel J. Lewis, who is the guy behind the noodle.mx noodle mix network, um, for letting us use this and helping me with the tech, even though we did have that one little snafu there, um, And so huge thanks to Daniel and and the Noodle Mix Network. Really appreciate that. And I also want to say big thanks to you guys uh, for making this happen, um, to uh, Matt and Pete and Rob and Jack and Andy and Daniel, um, making this work and and, uh, actually be fun. So that's what I was hoping for. That's what I got. That first question about expectations. Yes, okay, expectations (laughs) met. And I really am excited to do this again. Um, I listened to all your podcasts, so I knew that I was going to like what I was hearing. I was just hoping
6: oh, we'd get you. along. And
9: so <laughs> and um, you had to
6: stick out with my voice for like 17 episodes. <laughs> that, that that's so. Oh, sorry,
9: man. Good content
6: trumps whatever you think about your voice.
9: So ah, well, thank you. Um, yeah. So I do really, really appreciate that, guys. And so I would like you now to tell um tell uh, all the listeners from all the different podcasts where you can be found. Um. And, and, uh, you know, just a brief, brief little moment about your podcast or whatever you'd like to say about any network or anything like that. So, um, let's go alphabetical order again and start with Agents of Shield podcast
1: from or by Fantastic Geek with the PH. The Agents of Shield podcast by uh, Fantastic Geek, as you said, with the PH, can be found at fantasticgeek.com, also on iTunes. If you just search for Fantastic Geek, you'll find, uh, links to, uh, our, uh, Agents Shield podcast, our uh, our um, you know various other projects and so forth. Pete, you want to hit Twitter?
0: Yes. Well, uh, fail to mention too, we also have a pop culture uh, podcast, and uh, we have done some uh, Star Trek. We have a Star Trek Essentials podcast as well. Um, it's going
1: to relaunch this summer.
0: Exactly. Our uh, group Twitter is at Fantastic Geek again with a ph. Uh, My personal Twitter is at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R,
1: J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. My personal Twitter is Looking Back Lost, uh, a vestige of the Dharma Initiative. (laughs) Nice. All
9: right. And uh, the helicarrier, helicarrier, Andy. Uh,
6: Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at SheelAssemble, but I'm starting to seriously consider if I need to change that name because I (laughs) – I don't think people think it's a podcast when they search for that name. So um, Sheila Zambal uh, on the Twitter, uh, we're part of Across the areas, uh, dot com, um, and you can find us, our podcasts there. iTunes, just search for Across the Airways, and you will find Helicarrier among that feed. And um, yeah, I just you know while I'm here, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's listened because as you know, my co-host he had to leave after episode two, so it became a sh- challenge for me to. Go, go on with the show, but um, sticking around—that's that's, that's amazing—and so bless you guys. And uh, yeah, we're we, we're on Stitcher Radio, and we're recently part now part of um, the Mix Network, uh, which uh, our show is streamed live Mondays at 10 p.m. Um, Miami time. So, if you're listening to that app or that website, you you, you can enjoy Helicare there as well. And um, yeah, it'll, these you know the, you guys are now you know the panel here of host. Um you're it it was amazing to do this with you, and I sure hope this is the last one. All right, enough said.
9: I mean, I'm not saying enough said, I'm saying <laughs> time for <laughs> hey, enough <that's> said. Hey, that's our <laughs> line.
10: <laughs> yeah, hey, stop stepping on our lines. Uh I'll I'll do the, the business real quick, Jack, and then I'll pass to you. Um thank you everybody for listening to this. Thank you guys for all taking part of this panel. This has been a blast. Uh, I love these roundtables. I think we need to keep doing things like this. Uh, and and we need to do them around events. You know, like when the Blu-rays come out, let's do it. When uh, a movie comes out, why not, right? Uh, and when there's a bye week like we had this time, why not? Uh, you can find our podcast all over the place. We're on like 30 different directories. If you've got a favorite, we're probably there under Enough Said Podcast iTunes, Stitcher, or even on TuneIn Radio, which is pretty cool. It's like its own radio station. Uh, You can find us on our website, which is www.southgatemedia.com. Nope, I said it wrong. (laughs) Southgatemediagroup.com. I own it, and I still say it wrong. Uh, And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at rsouthgate, and you can follow the show on Twitter at Podcast. Jack, take it away.
8: And my Twitter is at J It's W E N G R O S K Y, spelled just like it sounds. And uh, for the, and uh, usually I get a couple laughs on that one. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we I've got a uh, on the network the uh, I've got um, the Baker Street podcast and uh, the Blacklist SMG Blacklist podcast and uh, the uh, Twitter on that is at the blacklist pod, and that's that's weekly with the kind of a James Spader centric thing. But, um, yeah, that, that's it here, and Ultron, <laughs> yeah, right.
9: And Daniel, welcome to level seven. Yeah, well,
7: we can be found at welcome to level com. and we're on Facebook
9: at facebookcom backslash welcome to level seven. And on Twitter, what are we, my friend? level7pod and you can find me at beneverry.com you can find daniel at beyond disney oh beyond .com. disney between, between disney between disney. disney.com disney. and on twitter uh, as
10: at @between disney i don't feel so bad for saying mine wrong
9: now oh but it was daniel's <laughs> well, I, I it's I, mine i'm I <laughs> now if i had gotten my website wrong that would be a problem beneverry.com <laughs> that's yeah so um well thank you again everyone and i do hope to do it again and until next time i Don't know what to say, because normally we end with a quote from the episode that we just watched. And I think Jack uh, and I know what to say. I I think that's a poop. How about Podcasters Assemble? That actually that's pretty good. Podcasters (laughs) Assemble. That's pretty much exactly the spirit of what we're doing here in so many different ways. So Brett Dalton
6: went to Crown School, by the way. That's that's beyond me. What? Brett Dalton. Went to crown school. That's uh, unbelievable. <laughs> Just saying. I would agree. I have to tell my wife this because
7: maybe this will knock him down a few pegs. <laughs> oh, you. Oh. Yeah.
6: No, it's imp- no, none of those abs. <laughs> <laughs>
9: That's all I'm right. Fine. On that note, <gasps> I think it's time to say goodbye.
6: <laughs> and this
1: really was fantastic. I think it's thank time you to again,
8: say ben. enough said. Yes. Thank yeah. you, Ben. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> on the helicopter. Edic
1: thanks everyone Bye. adios bye-bye. bye-bye now well pete here we are back just you and me to wrap up the podcast certainly was nice getting together with the whole podcast roundtable lots of fun eh? a delight uh it certainly was it was done in the the proper spirit of kind of podcasting goodness so pete we obviously have uh, seven episodes and one movie ahead of us in the next seven weeks so plenty of podcasting ahead of us exciting times ahead
0: It is. And, you know, very much looking forward to the film. It's a treat to get these and to have the series on top of that is the cherry on the Sunday.
1: Now, Pete, before we wrap things up, probably not even probably once this all gets stitched together over the two hour mark for people who've made it this far. What uh, what goodies are in store for the future?
0: Well, we have an incentive for you if you can help us out with a little something, something, as the kids like to say. Uh, we're looking to build upon our reviews on iTunes. And for that, we are entering all new reviews that are put onto iTunes into a raffle that will be drawn the night of the uh, Agents of S- S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1 finale, which is Tuesday, uh, uh, May 12th, uh, to receive the Funko Agent Coulson bobblehead uh, one-of-a-kind on pre-order. And uh, you could be that lucky person by submitting your review of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek through iTunes.
1: And we would just ask, if you do leave a review, please also um, just shoot us an email after you've done it, just kind of sharing your iTunes name, just because there's not really a way to, you know, like if we say, oh, the winner is, you know, Bob. Love's Music Guy, well, <laughs> who could that be, you know? So if you this way just ahead of time, oh, hey, you know, Fred emailed us and said, you know, that he's, uh, you know, Love's Music Guy, so that way we can uh, get you your prize. Indeed oh that pete i think it's just about Betty by time and uh so i will just say uh, namaste to all our listeners and give you either the final word if you have one or if not your final your final goodbye see ya